Because that's like the one thing I feel like is sort of missing from our for, for me from what we do so far is like I feel like my backdrop is like check out my guitar. There's a fucking casting couch right there. Come on, like check it's, out. It's, the- it's not as comfortable as it looks. It's never it's, happened. It's a, this never happened. Kind of thin. Like it's. I can also say from the photographer standpoint, <laughs> it doesn't reflect light that well so we had to do some <laughs> photography there yeah man y'all got me fucked up man shit that's a bullshit this is never good <laughs> Welcome to the party. We are looking for more of your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development, and gaming culture. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning party members. Let's welcome back, Renfail. Your charisma has no power here. <laughs> 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 welcome back, the, 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 the Nathan Napalm. What's up, everybody? Glad to be here. V even. Yeah, welcome in, guys. So, uh, before, wait, y'all can't hear them? Uh oh. I heard them fine. That's BS. Someone's lying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> before we dig in too far, I got to give a big shout out to the home of this community right here on this channel. You can, friends, like, subscribe follow whether you are uh checking us out on youtube whether you're listening on all the podcast places or you're hanging out live for this live stream here on twitch um also give a big shout out to all of the imperial flames which are the supporters here on twitch youtube and patreon thank you so much for keeping this party's bags packed provision stocked for all of the adventures here on the show and probably soon in another campaign of sorts which wait we are uh yeah, I know I have more to talk about, but y'all might be noticing something different. I'm gonna, if you can't tell just yet, I'm gonna let you let sit there with it, let it kind of soak in. <laughs> okay. But if you'd like to call in, you can call into 1-539-664-6801. Leave us an iTunes review. Be greatly appreciated. Leave a comment. We'll uh read that here on the show. Um, if you want to catch where did I just like did I just like mix all that up talking about it? Because I just had a moment where I'm not sure what I just said. Anyway, you can find all the links over on a Twitter at the LFM show pinned to the top there. You can call us in at the number I left. And if you do leave that message, we'll uh, play it live on the show as long as it's appropriate. I feel like I just actually merged two of my normal statements into one. And then I realized it after the fact. So that's really strange. Anyway, mm. anyway, who knows? what the things are but boy gentlemen do they have they noticed it yet anybody anybody in chat notice just what's going on here yet we look a little different we we might we might almost seem like we have a role to play if uh if one was to role play in a game like an rpg anyway we have the uh D campaign coming up over at the weave in the void channel which is going to be when this coming Sunday. Okay, 9 Central. Yeah, 9-ish, 8.39. We'll, 8:39. we'll be starting somewhere in there. Right, so if you're watching the sister podcast, the Ashes Pathfinder podcast, will be announcing it there. Look for promos over the next several days popping up 
over on all of things. Y'all are, if you're here live, you're probably going, hold on, Sim. The LFM show doesn't start on a damn Wednesday. What's going on? Well, freaking Thanksgiving's tomorrow in the U.S. and Canada. And if you celebrate it, um, well, Canada, not technically that was like end October. But if you celebrate Thanksgiving here in the U.S. of A., well, that's tomorrow. And friends, I'm not going to be online. So we we, we didn't want to leave you without all this that you see before you in our in our garb and attire for the adventure on the D&D campaign we're going to be going on. Um, Nathan actually released a video on his YouTube and so did Renfell over at the Weave in the Void. The Weave in the Void is the full campaign, right? However, Nathan's yeah. is um, we'll say it's curated with a bit of a different twist to it um i can't really say what those things are i did post it in the variety channel in my discord over discord.gg forward slash some more so jump in there if you're not in there that's the discord for this show and for all the stuff and things i do around here that's where you'll find um also the links i've promoted for the weave in the voids youtube uh for the twitch and for nathan's uh youtube video as well so there promos and all the things but why don't we catch up on all the things we've been up to gentlemen what you been up to in the past week, guys? You can go first, Nathan. Sure. Um, so I'm still playing uh, Final Fantasy XIV with my group on uh, Tuesday nights. Um, and uh, played a little Halo because the new Halo is freaking awesome. And um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's this other game I've been playing that I'm too embarrassed to talk about. Um, but it's oh, a game. Gotta catch <laughs> gotta I can't help it. I'm addicted to catching them all. So I've been doing a little bit of that too. I have been, uh, it's been lots of weave and void stuff. Um, but yeah. also, um, I decided to start, uh, something that's been kind of brewing for a little bit, about a week. So I kicked off a video yesterday announcing that I'm doing this new EQ one and EQ two kind of analysis series, kind of diving into all the various things. And then this morning I got it in my head that fuck it, I'm going to, stream everquest 2 once in a while because i haven't played in several years and i've never done a mystic so i was like i'm just gonna stream a little bit as i'm playing that character to get content for the series mm -hmm. and then lo and behold a couple of people in the chat decided to join me and i may or may not have played from about 7 30 this morning until right <laughs> before this show and only took a break for a nap um and there may be some EverQuest 2 uh, groupage in the works. Uh, I'm down, sure. man. I'm down. I love that game. I, love I would it. say anybody who wants to do this should definitely join us. Uh, we're going to be on the uh, see Antonio Bale server. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what you we're going to be on the Antonio, Antonio Bale server, which is the, uh, the old role play server. It's got a pretty You can play for free if you want. Um, totally free to play if you want free, to. It's a free to play server. Be and that's one of the reasons I chose the Antonio Bale server, because the progression servers, you have to pay a subscription. So this is an easy way to get certain individuals who, you know, might want to join us for some fun. They don't have to actually put any money in. They Wonder who that would be. Who's the who's the odd man out here? Jeez. Anybody that you know is interested wants to come <laughs> hang out with their friends. You know? I don't know. <laughs> wow, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care about your friends if you don't come out, you loser. <laughs> oh, man. oh my so, yeah, god. Been, that, that's been going on. And um uh, we're getting ready. I think our maps are maps are about. So this map right back behind me will hopefully should be arriving at my brother's house in the next 
couple days depending on the holidays yeah. and once he gets that he's shipping mine down to me with a bunch of miniatures mm. and i'll replace that with a tapestry version um nice. shout that'll out to be, bounty, that'll be shout, sick. yeah shout out to bounty code for letting me know the amazon place to get our map done cheaply mm. um because i just wanted something to hang up behind nice. and stop doing green screen stuff yeah, cool I'm gonna do that too. I'm gonna I'm gonna partake in that. That's a that's a cool thing where you can just send an image and have them. Yeah, it's on. cheap, like way cheaper. Really? Like obviously the quality, dude. I got two maps. They are the ones we did are I think I did six foot by four foot maps, and for two of them with shipping, it was like thirty five bucks. But so it's not like the best quality. They I think and and Bounty Code and Sparrow can tell say this in chat. It's a, they said it's a low quality like polyester type material sure. um but like, it's it's enough for something to hang in the background that it looks good on camera based off yeah. of the one they have right oh, yeah. the one Bounty Code and uh, which yeah. you can see that by the way if you go watch yeah. either on my channel or Rampel's channel our D thing because you can see it in their background it, it, for camera i don't know what it looks I like mean, in person it's a big difference yeah. right definitely doesn't look it look it looks like it's made out of something much thicker than polyester from my perspective when i when i when i see their camera it look good yeah, yeah it, it looks, look good yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. But it does it does the trick. That's crazy. I'm gonna have to like check that out in the near future. I, I like the idea of like that as a backdrop. I mean, this is great, but if you're like doing something like you know, like this, if you're like because that's like the one thing I feel like is sort of missing from our for for me from what we do so far is like I feel like my backdrop is like, check out my guitar. There's a fucking casting couch right there. Come on, like check it's, out it's, that. it's not as comfortable as it looks. It's never it's, happened. It's a, this never happened. kind of thin. Like it's. I can also say from the photographer's standpoint, it doesn't reflect light that well. So we had to do some photography there. Yeah, man, y'all got me fucked up, man. Shit, that's a bullshit. This is never gonna. Oh my god, this is about to get clipped, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. No, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think they. Yes, it uh, is. Oh no, well, she's well, not going to let that maybe. one go. It's happening. It's, it's, <laughs> I have shorts for days that haven't even made their way to YouTube yet. By the way, but ooh, Alfina's the champ of that. By the way, mm -hmm. like I, it always catches me off guard. Like I look over and I'll be like, oh well, there's, there's that. A clip. <laughs> You're like, there it is. <laughs> that's that's out there now. Have you seen the short? Uh, that's by the way, Sam. Mm -hmm. Sam, have you ever thought about taking some of those that you really like and just release them as YouTube shorts? I have actually. That's what you I've been doing. You should do that. It's, it's super simple. It's, hashtag short. It is, and it's it's interesting that you say that because there's actually one of you up there right now. <laughs> Which what did I do? Which Guess one? you have to go see. Oh no! <laughs> it might no, have something worry. to do with coins and bits and stuff and things. Oh, um, okay. All uh, right. Yeah, All right. Yeah, that was that was, that was good. Mm -hmm. That was done by <laughs> that was done by Mel. She she went to town on that one. I had fun with it. It was a good time. Speaking of which, um, you probably won't see any interesting backdrop for me. I guess this is like a bit of a personal news, but found out today New Zealand's opening the borders into April to people who are vaccinated. Oh, wow. Woo! Maybe sometime awesome. middle of the year I'll actually be able to move. Right? That'd be cool. And then I could That'd get a cool really backdrop and make a daggum, you know, um, you know, map backdrop. Although to be fair, the the mail in New Zealand's horrible. Oh. Horrible. Worst I've ever heard of, right? You know, isn't it always like that? Like these beautiful places, 
that practically everybody would love to live in because mm -hmm. you know just just gorgeous locations etc yeah there's always why does there always have to be some kind of something right like the internet's not mm -hmm. good or the the mail system so it's, it's always like that there just can't Ooh. be a place in the world where everything is perfect can't, can't just be <laughs> decent all around right can't just be decent all around i know we're asking right. for a lot but man they're just asking for perfection come on so I have to say, people enjoyed me and my ranting about games and stuff. Gentlemen, I'm back on track. Thanks to my awesome editor. I've got a great editor. Alfina's been helping with editing, right? I've had Mel helping with editing. I've got people like wow. in my corner helping me out, knocking some stuff out. And I'm kind of getting back on track, which means now I'm able to do more website stuff. I'm able to like be a little more rested for D&D &D stuff coming up, which I'm excited about. Um, I kind of have a plan for some stuff. I'm going to pull some things from those as well, but I uh, I can't confirm or what those things are until um, at least a week from now because it has to be after we do the uh, the D&D &D adventure, right? Ooh, I, underst right. I understand that what you wouldn't normally expect to see happen on an adventure in D&D &D kind of played out for us last time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's <clears throat> from my own perspective, I I prefer role play above yeah. Yeah. above pure combat. So any chance I get yeah. to push that angle, yeah. I'm going to push that angle and hope that the players take the cue. Because good. I find that if you watch <clears throat> most of the I'd say most of the shows that I've caught on YouTube or Twitch tend to be combat heavy and people want to be mm -hmm. jumping around and plunging daggers into stuff and mm -hmm. that, that could be fun. But there, cause there's a lot to be said for political intrigue, good role play, storylines. I had a lot of fun with that. Like it, oh, it, yeah. it was an impromptu popped into my head when you, um, when you charmed the goblin, and he was sitting there, and I just got this thing in my head of like, he's starving. Let's roll with that. And then that led into this thing of, they come out of the woods and they're all starving too. And now I've provided an opportunity to potentially avoid bloodshed but oh, yeah. the opportunity is still there because somebody yeah. in the group could always go fuck it pew 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's your turn yeah. right you could be like f it i don't care i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot your charm target wait that was the week before wasn't it we have to let yeah and go. i'm not gonna lie depending on how that would that that scenario would have been portrayed to me right mm. like i said when we were playing i might have depending on how i come across this right if I there was no contact with the girl and I just seen her all tucked away in the cave and it looked like she was in some kind of danger or whatever and that's who we're here to get and I see some goblins that look like they're starving to death my brain would have just said hey looks like some easy to kill goblins right <laughs> like let's wipe them let's wipe them out you know but wow. because it was presented to me like she wasn't actually in danger she was trying to help them because you remember when we were walking through all those goblins kind of surround us yipping and yapping. Yeah, yep. we weren't we weren't like hey, we were man. still kind of like, oh, boy, we don't know for sure this plan with this little <laughs> goblin guy mm -hmm. that we fed a couple of rations is going to work out. Oh, you know? Yeah, I was literally picturing in my mind that scene in Return of the Jedi when Leia comes walking out of the tent. <laughs> but but Han and Luke are tied up on the on the thing and you don't like. There's a good chance that they're still going to get eaten, and it wasn't yeah. until yeah. Luke, yeah. you know did the whole three PO show them your magic, yeah. you know, type thing. But yeah, it was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to more momentous occasions such as that as we move forward. Yeah, I mean, my, I mean, to be fair, Nathan, in the first combat session we had, um, which without giving anything away, this one's not really out there to to view. 
But all I can say is I was a little sensitive to just rolling on in there after goblins. <laughs> Me too, man. You remember Gosh. we just made the force. I was like, should, I was yeah. like, should we hide? <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing's even happening. I was like, this isn't a bad idea, everybody. We need to list this guy, okay? I'm a little feel like the the idea of, you know, what's the what's the what's the medieval word for getting clapped? <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not so brave in D and D. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. It's not an MMO, right? Not at level like, one so, anyway, right? I'm not so brave. I'm a little more cautious. Like I'll I'll take wow. I'll take it if it means other people won't die, right? But like I know it's gonna be charging out there in D and D. Like that's no. to get one shotted. Yes, no. in D and D. Hell no! I'm like yeah. I'm like hello goblin horde. <laughs> you you're going why is why is Nathan giggling a little bit? Because that was me turning around. You missed it. You weren't here, <laughs> right? Usually on Thursdays at five p.m. Central. But if you if you can't, you can always go listen to it, watch it on YouTube. But man, you guys, I've been like, uh, it's been feeling good getting back into doing the video, the videos again feel like i was backlogged on stuff i wanted to work on and i'm actually putting together a um which i talked about it but a case study for chronicles of Illyria stuff yeah i watched that video today oh, oh, oh man i have just got like so much stuff and i was like oh my god i don't know if this is going to be a one video thing if it is it's going to be a long one or i split it up into pieces i don't know which way i'm gonna go with that yet but there's like a lot of data and i've protecting protecting the person's an, you know the anonymity component keeping it more neutral but man there is like just some good stuff there to kind of really talk about um so yeah talking a little bit about D, uh gentlemen i watched the wheel of time um, oh yeah we have to talk you? about that yeah we? this is like first thing on the agenda for me we got other stuff we can talk about game news and rant about that but i really wanted to just jump on this did you all watch it if you did what'd you think I so did. far i watched all three nathan have you watched yes i did i did so, I, I, i'm trying to get my wife to watch it now i haven't talked to her i, too I yet. feel i feel like we should tell the the folks in chat spoiler, spoiler alert. alert yes 100%. yeah we'll keep it we'll keep we'll, we'll keep this the spoilers simmered like a little lower, yeah, but yeah, you, yeah. you don't you want might, to know nothing. You then then just oh well, well I, never I, mind. Plug your ears if you see Renfield's mouth moving, basically. And, <laughs> and if you're listening to this later, um, you might just want to, um, well, don't stop I, listening, but just. I mean, it's been out for almost a week. Like, how long do we have? A to week wait today, for? actually. Oh, <gasps> let me just yeah. get a new episode today. Yep. Tom- no, no, tomorrow. 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 Friday, Friday. Friday. See what Friday, happens Friday, when you change Friday, days, Friday. Sim. Okay. Yeah. Well, Thursday oh night. Thursday night. Thursday yes. night. But yeah, I'll be watching uh, them on Fridays or Saturdays, probably. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. It's Friday. So now. I have thoughts because I've read the books. Simmer, you've not read the books. No, Nathan. I've not read the books. Okay. Well, I don't know if I should be spoiler. Yeah, be I did, careful. I did. I did a review on my channel, mm-hmm. which uh, I I was I warned everybody. I was like, I'm going to be talking about the book so if you don't want to get spoiled walk away so i probably maybe shouldn't let me just put it this way i love shows in all of their mediums i'm not a huge fan of the disney star wars i'll still watch them because it's star wars and i love Mm. star wars and i will always watch everything star wars i will always watch everything star trek i'm a fan regardless lord of the rings as movies um had their you know the ad it was an adaptation and I think that's the most important thing to look at when you're watching a show like this is don't be a you know a book purist because the book purists ruin it for everybody um, because 
and and this is funny because I actually went on Reddit and was reading Brandon Sanderson's take on the first couple of episodes, and he had a brilliant. You know, this is the guy that finished the series after Lost Jordan books, died yeah. and everything else. Yeah, and so he came in and he said. He was talking about how he had problems with what he was seeing in the first few episodes until he looked at it and said, you know what? It's an adaptation. This is – I loved this analogy. He said, this is the wheel turning out another revolution. Ah, of, nice. So another version of the show. And mm. he's like, once I was able to approach it from the, that perspective and just consider that this is not the wheel of time that we've seen before, it's an adaptation – which is going to do its own thing for the sake of that medium. If you can separate yourself out and view the show in that light, then even if you've read the books, you're going to have fun with the show, which I did. I, I would give it a 7 out of 10 so far from the first three episodes I've seen, only because there are a few things that I'm not a big fan of, one of which is the pacing. This is mm. – I'm going to say something that's not going to spoil. You. Yeah, it's too quick. Um, and I, and yeah. I, know, I know they have to – but here's an example of why. And this is going to – it's going to be somewhat spoiler, but it's not a major plot point, so it's not really going to give anything away to okay. those of you who haven't read the books. Uh, Rand's father, Tam, mm -hmm. the – okay, there is a huge section of the first book where you find a whole lot about who Rand is, where he comes from, and the background of his dad, all of which is very, 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 very important mm. for the overall story of who Rand is as a character. And in the freaking show, which, by the way, that was one of the coolest moments of the first episode is like we're going mm -hmm. along and they're back in their cabin. The troll lock bursts in and dad dives under the bed, pulls the sword out. We get the close up on the heron, which is, oh, shit, what's the heron mean? And now all of a sudden dad is like badass with a sword. And you're like those of us who were book fanatics. Knew like, what it meant. Yes, that, yeah, that's that's Tam and his yes. secret background story. And then next thing we know. He's in town, he's healed, and then they're gone and they're out of town. Dude. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, we just yeah. missed like this whole backstory. Yeah. yeah. I caught that. Of his, yeah, of his dad yep. and the war, oh, what he did me. in the war, and, and all this other stuff. And those are the kind of things where I appreciate that they have to make cuts yes. for the show. But even just a few. You know, 90 seconds of dialogue uh -huh. could have added a little bit of backstory there. So those are the types of moments that I'm seeing as a mm. book reader where I feel like there are huge wasted opportunities. But I'm not the, I'm not the showrunner. Right. So right. they've chosen to make other sacrifices. Um, mm. So those are the kind of things that, that I look at, which is why I have a hard time giving it more than a 7 out of 10. See. I'm still loving it, though. It's still Yeah, and, and we're super blessed to even have stuff like this being made. That's my whole thing. Yes. Like, this is mm. the kind of nerdy stuff I like, right? Like, this hits the sweet spot. So um, I didn't read the book, and I absolutely will not until I'm a huge fan of the show, and then the show's so far along that I can begin reading the books and just capture some extra details right that's my favorite thing to do there's also and i'm not going to spoil it i'm not going to say who it was or anything like that um there is a one of the main characters <clears throat> whose backstory they just sort of made up in the first episode and my gut reaction was like why did you do that and by the end of episode three I still didn't understand why they had done that because I hadn't 
see I, I couldn't understand how it was going to play into that arc. Then I went and read the Reddit thread with Sanderson talking about him and Raf having their conversations about that scene in particular, that backstory, and how that plays into showing that that character. That I know it, who you're talking about too. Yeah, it, it's something that that helps accelerate the arc of a particular character in the main group. Um, and when I when I read Sanderson's take on it and the conversations he had with Raf, I was like, oh, that that totally makes sense. And I appreciate how Sanderson said. Even he doesn't agree with it. Even after seeing the episode, he mm-hmm. doesn't agree with it. But he appreciates what was done and why it was done for that medium to help show what's going on with that character. And once I understood it, I was like, okay, that mm-hmm. makes a little bit more sense. But I also feel like it didn't quite come across like that. But I will say this as well: my wife has never read the books, knows nothing about the books or anything else. Chris, what was your take on on Wheel of Time that we watched last week? The first three episodes of the Wheel of Time. How many thumbs up? One thumb, two thumbs. Two. It's two max. Huh. She's giving it ten stars. Like she okay. loved. Like she was yeah. on the edge of her seat, like yelling at the screen, like a couple of times, like no, run away. Like the troll locks in particular really got yeah, her. Yeah. And, and that was good. Just he, he's coming into it with a completely different perspective. So it's also easier for me to sit on the edge of the couch, watch her watching it and go hey you know what it's accomplishing what they set out to do because that's what the lord of the rings movie did they opened up the lord of the rings to a new generation of people who had never read the books and that's what this show is doing people like her who have never read the books who are loving the show and saying i can't wait for more that's just going to sell more books it's going to get more people into the franchise and so i can sit back and appreciate Uh it and say Let's do it. Yeah, that was my my perspective too. Is I was watching that, and with the when with uh, Rand's father and stuff, I went and grabbed it, and they had that moment, that's that brief moment of like showing the sword, and I was like, okay, that was clearly meant for people who knew what that meant. And there were a lot of moments like that in the first three episodes. Yes. Oh yeah, and I was like, and I'm just sitting there going, the fuck does that mean? Now you're gonna make me read the <laughs> books already? Okay, I can't even wait for the shit. And I was like, yeah, that's probably your plan, right? Because for my world builder mind was like, what does that frame of reference mean? And I also think yep. I know the character you're talking about because it felt a little out of place to me. Like it didn't quite fit. Like it didn't seem like it fit the the whole like, OK, momentum. Because like I was sitting here thinking as we're going through it, because I'm thinking you're talking about like the blacksmith dude, right? Is that one you're talking about, partner? What? Yeah. OK, anyway, that's my. Yes, I think that's it. I don't know if it is, but I think that's it. And I'm going to say why I think that was it. As somebody, I don't know anything about the books, okay? Here's why I think that's it. Because they took the time to lay this out about him and that whole situation. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, that's really fucked up. And then I'm sitting there watching that. And I'm going, why didn't you tell me about the fucking sword, dude? Why? I was like, there's got to be a reason that they're elaborating on something here. Now, knowing that that's the case, I'm even more curious how that was helpful in the character building, because that's what I'm thinking. And then aside from that, I'm going, there's all these other little hints that I have to go and look, but you didn't explain those, but you kind of made something up here then for this. It kind of felt a little like, why did we elaborate on that? But we didn't elaborate on some of these other things that seemed very important that I should know it. Or then I'm sitting there going, I remember watching. They were sitting there on launch day, sitting in like an Amazon bookstore somewhere. Rosamund Pike's in there and they're talking about come in, check it out, check out the books, check out this, check out. And I'm like, oh, they're framing all this to really get people to go buy it. This is the oh, Amazon yeah. move 100 percent is what I think. Yeah. So did it but, work? But, uh, yeah, because now I want to read the freaking books and go, what was that about? Huh? 
I want to you know. know. And some, sometimes know. though, sometimes they they when they're making a show, they move when the when the uh, viewer finds things out around a little bit. And so you know, I haven't read the books, but in the same scene, I you know they made it with the camera angles and the way it was filmed and shot. I didn't need to have read the books. I know that there yeah. was some importance there, oh, absolutely. and I didn't know. You know, I just assumed like, oh, yeah. this is going to be a big plot. twist or or something later we're gonna obviously there's a lot of relevance here but i'm not supposed to know yet you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and uh it's weird why they wouldn't because in 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 regards to the sword this is a non-spoilery thing Mm -hmm. the heron mark on the blade signifies that that person is a master of the blade a swords master of the absolute maximum level Interesting. and you okay. don't get those swords by chance you have to earn those swords and the fact that rand's father has one and yet he's this simple farmer yeah that's a huge sort of plot point of his background yeah. as a character in that for in the book mm. and as i recall i haven't read the book in a long time but as i recall like even like lan picks up on it because lan also has a heron marked sword and they haven't showed that in the in the show yet lan is a master swordsman the guardian of moraine the warder and he picks up on on tam having that sword and then when it gets given to rand as they're leaving town that's a big thing and becomes a major he's gonna teach that kid how to use it huh i bet he does yes yes that's but that's when he sees it or something know that that's gonna happen because because that's a that's a typical uh, like you yeah know, it makes sense. mentor guardian mentor. trope in fantasy yeah um but the thing is is like they show the heron and never explain it in the first three episodes so that's one of those things that's literally only thrown in there for those of us Brief, who know what that means it's kind of like a nod to the fans like an easter egg they did that a bunch though didn't they because i felt like they were doing oh yeah a good there day. was a lot i felt um, like i saw those little subtle like hey guys just in case i, I think we'll like this so i'm like what are they liking though i just i feel like i'm left out i think that's smart too right like you got limited time you're trying to tell a story True. in whatever framework you're allowed yes. but you know that the fans yeah. uh, that read the books they need to also be entertained and and yeah. um and so you kind of throw those old things in there and it makes both audiences happy and there's there's some other stuff that's in there because like um they throw the name out there and i'm gonna butcher it because i haven't heard this i think it's the taver tavernan tavern tavernan i forget what it's called but it they use the word once in the first episode and it, it's a word that means like as i recall from the books it's like it, it means that they're able to influence the wheel they're touched by destiny and moraine mentions that that all all of these are touched in two rivers and that's something that they mentioned once and then there's not not another reference to it for three episodes it's one time one word and that's it and you're and if you don't know what that means you're sitting there going i have no that i have no frame of reference for that word that they just used um and then if you've read the books, there's other things that start to play into that, like the fact that we're the the flaming eyes guy showing up in their dreams, like yeah. that's tied into that. Yeah. And and um, by the way, it was very good. Uh, Perrin's dream in particular, he's he's having that dream where he's back in the blacksmith shop yeah. and he's trying to find his wife, and he goes like he's like going through the doorway or something, and there's a split second where his figure gets replaced, and it's mm-hmm. literally a split second, and Chris is like. <gasps> on the couch like it was just quick <laughs> enough to That's where awesome. it's like oh shit um and so they've done some stuff really well 
Um, the foreboding, I think, is done very well. Oh, like I said, job. I'm enjoying it. Um, as long as you can, you know, Ooh, I actually that the city, wheel of time. Oh, that city, dude! Damn, yeah. I was like, oh, there's some shit going on here. Some and dark the, shit going on here. Just, they've done some really like that. They did a great job of like helping to show. And my brother even told me he's like, dude, you took some liberties with this and i was like unconsciously i think i did so when i did the church of the elder ways i hadn't realized how much i may have pulled from the white cloaks because they very much show how the white cloaks overall they might not get along with the Aes Sedai, but the general white cloaks kind of because the, the 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 main guy even tells moraine he's like yeah, while we that. don't associate with them there's one over here go yep. find her and seek out mm-hmm. healing from her so it's like this uh this Hey, we don't really get along with them, but we're not against them, so to speak. We just kind of keep our ways. But then the fucking Inquisitor dude, oh, dude. who's got the rings on his belt, who like Ooh. cutting off hands. And, oh yeah. And mm. spoiler alert, sorry. Um, Homie um who's like, he's like a zealot version oh, yeah. of the white cloaks. And so I love how they show how the white cloaks are not evil as an organization. They are a very good organization, but there are some of them that are like off the deep end. Like that guy. Where they see dark friend they see dark friends everywhere. And yeah. they assume that all the witches are dark friends and so yeah, there's some really good stuff that they've done even with the limited amount of time they have. Um yeah. They but, have to cut yeah, some stuff, man. Yeah. Like, there's no way you I mean, can't fit every detail. It's like think about all the Tolkien stuff, man. They, they can't go tell you the backstory of everything that happened in those first ages. Yeah, because you'll lose people, right? That's yeah. that's the thing. Like, yeah, there's a difference between books people like that like to read versus people who watch movies or television and yeah. don't read, right? Yep. And there's more people who will watch a movie yeah. and shows and there are people who will sit down and read a book. And plus, I think sometimes, I know you guys do this too, when you're reading a, a book and you're thinking like, man, it'd be really cool to see a movie or something made out of this. And there'll be many scenes. You're like, how would you do that though? Right? Like True. scenes take place in people's minds yeah. and like, yeah. you know, and it's like, how do you, how do you portray some things in a movie that's believable and not yeah. cheesy and you know what i mean it's just mm-hmm. you can do things in a book you cannot do in a movie or a, yeah. or a show that's true it's a totally different medium you've got one yeah. in the brain one visual right like theater of the mind is always going to win over uh you know theater of your eyeballs mm-hmm. or whatever you would call it yeah man because i mean i think about like some you know like uh I'm actually going to make a reference to this is actually going to be a little bit of promo for Renfell here, actually, because I'm going to use that example instead of the other one. So if you read uh, what was it called? The uh, oh, my God, the, the the book that you wrote, the Echoes of the Past, I think it was for Saga Leucemia. There's like a moment. Spoiler alert. It's been out long enough. I don't care, dude. There, where the female character, right, is in the inn in the city. And she's like realizing like magic and all that and talking about like these like threads of magic and how all that's being experienced. Like I see that and I see a moment like uh, Will of Time, for example, with Moraine Sedai and like how she like all of the sort of energy flowing around her of the one power and everything. Right. Like it depending on a budget, depending on like who's putting that together, how are you going to or a game? Like there are some things that you like go and you point out like how this is happening some metaphysical sort of like 
elemental spiritual sort of stuff that we just don't have a frame of reference for. Cause you're talking about like another dimension or something, something right, that like yeah. we can't always, you can't always portray with like human eyes or whatever. Right. So you've got like snapshots of like ex experiences that you can only dream up in a person's mind. And so you can paint that picture in a book because a person, the, the person that's reading the reader then can imagine this right in a movie. Sometimes someone that tries to attempt that they fucking fail at it, dude. And it just does not come across in a way that, portrays the message that you can portray in a book and imagine for oneself plus everybody sees it a little different in their mind exactly right? yeah exactly. and that's how that's how their memory they attach a memory yep. to that right yep and then when they see it done you know it's you're taking a shot in the dark at whose memories you're you're actually tapping into that read the book right like it's pretty confusing i think lord of the rings did probably one of the best jobs of all time but i gotta say they had a long time to kind of formulate what people we had we had things in media for so many years kind of telling us this is what gandalf looks like this is what a hobbit looks yeah. like this is what middle earth looks like we kind of felt like we all were on the, we were all kind of on the same page right. um but that's not true for something I, like the Will Time or anything come out more current. No, and I also think that one of the looking at Lord of the Rings in particular as a film, um, one of the things I loved uh, there is is the juxtaposition where they've taken lines of dialogue that were somewhere else in the books and moved them somewhere else in the movie, but they did so in such a way that it made absolute sense for that time. So one of my favorites is there is this scene in the books when Faramir is addressing Eowyn um, after she's been healing from, from killing the Lord of the Nazgul and she's all fucked up and she's in the beds and everything else. Mm -hmm. And he has this line of dialogue and it, it gets switched. I'm going to see if I can pull it up real quick because I always forget. Um, And I want to say I want to I want to give this as an example. Um, okay, here here's the line. Um, basically, um, Eowyn in the movies, it's when Eowyn is facing Wormtongue, and um, she's like, "Leave me alone, you snake!" And he goes, "Oh, but you are alone. Who knows what you have spoken to the darkness alone and the." bitter watches of the night when all your life seems to shrink oh, the yeah. walls of your bower closing in about you a hut to trammel some wild thing in so fair yet so cold like a morning of pale spring still clinging to winter's chill and eowyn's like your words are poison now in the book Farmer says those words and it's when he's looking over her as i recall as she's healing and i think she's unconscious in that scene and he says these words as he's falling in love with her and so there're these words of like look at this pale flower this amazingly beautiful creature like clinging to life you know who knows wow. what you have spoken to the darkness and the bitter watches of the night like he's having this moment of like respect for this badass warrior but when they put the words in warm tongue's mouth it becomes this creepy like yeah, he's lust he's lusting after her uh -huh. in this disgusting way and that's one of the things that i felt that 
it was very justified in all the awards that that Fran and Peter and their other partner, I can't remember her name, but the three of them won all those awards for the screenplay and the writing they did with those films because, oh my God, they did such a good job with taking things and putting them in the right place to fit the medium that was being portrayed. Yeah. Sorry, I had a little mm. bit of a nerd uh, nerd section there. Yeah, me hooks is like falling in love with an unconscious woman is much less creepy. Much less yeah. creepy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. You can do stuff. You can do stuff in in like we just said. In books sometimes you can get the reader exactly where you want them to be and you can even do creepy stuff and play it off as mm-hmm. super romantic and, and nice, right? Yeah, I mean if some things don't come across well in a in a show or a movie. Oh, yeah. You know, and plus, like, you know, there's like, how much time do we have to work with here? Yes. How long are people going to be signed up to be on this journey with us and they're committed for how how long? Because there's like a lot of other like layers that people don't always think about. They're like, you didn't deliver us exactly like this is right. And I'm like, well, you got to think about it, too. Right. If they were to deliver it like that, what if it took 10 years instead of six? Right. Yeah. What if someone's like, I, I can't dedicate 10 years or or you're also open up to more chances that heaven, you know, you know, forbid that something happened to someone and they, you know, aren't going to they, they get sick and they can't make it like you're also like rolling the dice on like how long people are going to have to make, you know, to maintain that commitment before life sort of gets in the way of that. Yeah, happens. and plus, as some like you can only go so long. Yeah. Even Amazon, no matter who you are, you can only go so long before you need to turn a profit on that investment, right? Um, mm-hmm. So there's also that worth considering. There's been many big, great mm-hmm. companies of the day went under over an over investment into something that the audience turned out not to give two yeah. craps about, right? Like big one would be Sega, right? Like they went all chips on deck for uh, Shinmu. Uh, which was an incredible piece of uh, gaming uh, 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 revolution for its time, mm-hmm. but they, you know, they spent all their money on it, expecting it to be this big explosive thing, and they were going to sell, you know, hundreds of millions of Dreamcasts and etc. And guess what? Uh, there is no more Sega consoles anymore. Oh, right? Like, man. That, put, that put them under like that. Another, it was too long and too much oh, of an investment. Shit. Another good example is the mm-hmm. Warcraft movie. Um, by the way, my, we've seen this three yes. times all the way through. Chris loves that film. I think it's and okay. I think it's this good the, in its own right. It, it yeah. got her. Yeah. She never played a video game before that. She watched that movie, and then I told her it was based on a video game. She's like, I'd like to play that. And that's how I got her to play World of Warcraft with me for a little bit, and she played Classic for a few months because of that film. But it's also a good example of how even if you have the biggest franchise in the world – it doesn't necessarily always translate into right. another medium. Yes, that's right. Or it might depend on. And by the way, I have the utmost respect for Duncan Jones. I, I, if you have not watched his films, Moon, Holy Shit, Source Code, Mute, Mute, He's like good, his man. his films are amazing, and he, he did what he could with what he was given, but he was also restricted because of the 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 um the studio telling him what he could or couldn't do with the film yeah and it just goes to show you that world of warcraft might have had a hundred million players worldwide but not a hundred million people didn't go see that film <laughs> like it did not do yeah it didn't do as, as good as, as yeah 
I don't. No. I, ne- I was trying to find out. I don't know if they actually turned a profit on that or if it was considered an actual flop or. Um, man, I would like them to do more, man. You know, because like it, I think it would have been good to go through and do like a snapshot of the Burning Crusade era and then like a snap. I mean, technically, they could do a vanilla era, a Burning Crusade era, and then they could do like. That's what they should have did. And yeah, they could do a wrath. Could have been four. Yeah, should have been a build up of the Lich King, no doubt. Right. I like, believe. Yeah. Build up. Like that's the story, right? Like, yep. You know that that's this that's was like your Warcraft, Warcraft games of how you got the Azeroth, right? Like there are some things that, like you know going. This is a horde. You're like it's not the horde yet. The horde doesn't exist yeah. yet. But like, I get it. Down, yeah, but I get it because again, similar to like um, sure. the Wheel of Time, for example, right? Like if you're wanting to get people into this universe and maybe all other products or books or whatever around it, like giving them a snapshot of like these alliances and getting them an idea of like. Well, this is like the origin story for this alliance and stuff like that. It works. I saw it and I was like, oh, that doesn't work. What? What? I'm like, why don't we get there are some characters that were just sort of like just hovering around and you're like, oh, but I'd love to see you talking to homeboy here because, you know, but it was a great origin story for Thrall, which would have been a great segue. into. sure. I thought it was an epic movie origin story for Thrall. Like for me. Yeah. Yeah, it was that, a great, that's what they were going for. And background anyway. characters that were important in the lore that, you know, you don't really see in the World of Warcraft game. They're just more of like historical figures that were kind of there sure. in the Warcraft games and stuff like that, like Medivh and stuff like that. But it was still great. And, it was a great movie, in my opinion, for, for its own little, you know, cutout. Did you guys watch, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Viva La Dirt League, the New Zealand guys. Uh, yeah, you know, the NPC Man show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you guys watch their Kickstarter film? No, Balin's route. I did not watch that. Okay, it it it, it um, they did a Kickstarter for this film, and it's about it's, it's thirty six minutes long. It's on YouTube. I'm gonna drop this in chat real yeah, quick. Um, so what's very interesting is you know they spent uh a couple of years, um, well more than a couple of years building up the NPC Man wow. series with these characters, and Balin is the stupid fisherman who comes through town. And he's like. <laughs> Nice day for fishing, ain't it? And he's in all of these episodes, and they decided to give him this this story arc where he's he he he's an unwitting kind of he has he's just involved in this story. And they did a forty minute, almost a forty minute episode, and it was a it was a successful Kickstarter. They did the production value is pretty damn good considering these guys started off. If you go back like eight years ago, they were doing music parody videos music videos and then they got into doing shows about PUBG, and then they got into the npc man and everything else and over time they've developed into one of new zealand's underground like rock star indie production teams and now they're all getting major imdb credits for directing for acting and all this nice. other stuff and they're producing high-end stuff and what's very interesting to me about this is it's all their own stuff it's their own characters their own ip they have their own universe that they've built they've they've played D in this world in this campaign Sick. studying and then they've done this you know above and beyond doing their individual you know sh- typical short films that they do that are like the five minute ten minute long episodes they've done this thing with kickstarter and i u- i look at that and i say this is a good example of just kind of building up to something in in a in a correct way within your budget within your constraints and in a way that your audience is going to follow with you and allow you to do the next big thing as you're working your way up as opposed to say World of Warcraft where they just kind of threw this story out there and it's like it would have been much better had you done a build up 
of events. Um, but sometimes money makes people do silly things and, and they get a little bit blinded by, I, I think the other thing too, is just when people think they have a built in audience, we've seen this a lot too, with a lot of these big influencers on social media who are like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a model, right? Let's say I'm a famous Instagram model or I'm a famous TikTok model and I got famous because I look good on camera and I go try and launch a line of face cream and it bombs. Like just because you have big numbers doesn't yeah. mean that people are automatically going to buy into something. That's it has right. to be good. It has to be good. And it has to foremost. make sense too for what yeah. you're doing, right? And, and, well, I can say this though. At least they didn't go full milk towel right like they could have mm-hmm. released a game called warcraft the movie and it'd be a yeah. third person action game as you play through all and be complete garbage but, you know they they could have went down the full milking the cow route um uh and i can't really sit here and say blizzard's not that kind of company that does that but what i can say is they didn't in that case <laughs> and they could have right. um i gotta i gotta ask this we're kind of on the discussion point here around like the wheel of time I'm noticing that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm seeing a bit of a conflict in information from five months ago compared to now, which mm. is Net Bass, Mass Effect is being turned into a Netflix series. And I see one saying, Will Time make strong debut as Amazon Prime Video doubles down on genre with Mass Effect adaptation and prepares to usher in Lord of the Rings? Yeah, so that was Tolkien. the article that I pulled the other day from wherever it was deadline or whatever. Yeah. And the one that Nathan had shared was from like five, six months ago, uh-huh. which is about yeah. the same time as the rumor mill was saying that Henry Cavill was on his Instagram sharing a, a picture of a secret script. And people saw a couple things from the script and was like, Oh, that's an NC seven. That's, that's mass yeah. effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so the rumor has been going for a while, but apparently this report that came out the other day was that's from their earnings call i think and and from all this debut stuff and it that's one of amazon heads talking about how but i like the phrasing we're nearing a deal so it's not yeah. confirmed yet it sounds to me like if netflix was possibly involved five six months ago and now it's in amazon's mm-hmm. ballpark it's probably just a numbers game at this point between oh, these man. two yeah these two studios saying who's got the money to actually buy the license from bioware to produce this series. I, I love Mass Effect, right? But I, I I'll I'll watch it. I'm I'll be excited for it. But I just feel like that the actual awesomeness of Mass Effect is is that you are a shepherd, right? Mm-hmm. Like I just don't know how I feel about another shepherd, right? So and, and maybe they're not even doing that story, right? Maybe they're just going to take the universe because it's ripe for the pickings, right? We have history and lore that goes spans way, way back. It could start when we're, we we find the Mass Effect relay for the first time on Mars, right? Like, it could start that. We'd have no idea, right? But if they plan on actually doing a story of Shepard, I just think it's not going to hit the it's not going to hit it, yeah. right? I got. I wonder though. How would you feel? So maybe, maybe, maybe Amazon doesn't get the show for acting and stuff. What What about if Bioware was to give up rights for Amazon to make a game? Do you think that'd go over well? Amazon making it is that what you said, <laughs> or publishing it or something? Yeah, you know, making it. Yeah, dude, I would think. be pissed. I would. I would be. That would be a. We'd have to do a whole show on it. Oh, I'd be so upset. Oh, I'm sorry. It's too soon for new roles. Yeah, it's too soon. Amazon, look, they did a good, solid effort with New World, right? They really did. 
Um, yeah, they did. And I and and I I'm I'm proud of them for what they did for their first like let's make a game and I'm not only let's make a game let's make a freaking MMO right? No, I'm not. <clears> but I respect your. Well, I'm not ready to start handing them freaking yeah. IPs. I like right. Like they are not on that level yet. Um, no. They need to they need to nail some some really. Got to clean that shit up, man. Yeah, they got to clean it up and they got to do some impressive things first. You yeah. know what I mean? At least a like at of their things. movie level, they make some really good movies. Like really sure. good movies series the expanse that's well done man that's good i mean the will of time so far is good like i mean i am i can't amazon movies i feel like they're up to par with netflix films i feel like netflix is kind of from my perspective yeah. as a consumer i feel like the netflix stuff for a while there was kind of like kind of hit or miss like sometimes you just got something mm. kind of sucked there was just like a felt like a movie for the sake of getting a movie out and now I feel some like some of them are really good. Dude. Some of them some are really, really good, good, right? Yeah. But I feel like yeah. comparatively, for my taste at least, like Amazon movies tend to be better than some Amazon of the Amazon has been previously. doing a better they've been getting better. I mean, they've got the boys, which is an oh, excellent man. show. Man, that was a twist for me. I was like, oh shit, really? We're going here? Okay. Yeah, the man in the high castle was That's slow, good. but very good. Yeah. Um yep. you have uh upcoming Lord of the Rings show. We've got Wheel of Time currently working. I mean, they are putting in the effort to make Absolutely. quality television Absolutely. Um, and quality films, which is something that you're right because Netflix has algorithms, which sure. in many cases dictate we, need, we can churn out these types of films and they will get watched. They will draw subscriptions. They will keep people watching. Therefore, it's a moneymaker for us. So here's a $10 million low budget B movie science fiction you know piece of crap uh that that you'll watch but it's not going to be something that's memorable it's something that's like i have insomnia there's nothing else to watch <laughs> i'll turn this on then there's they have a hit lot shows. of that yeah. there's a lot yeah. and then they have hit shows like stranger things where you know it's it's something that everyone watches or the the witcher Freaking everyone witcher. that's yeah. an international audience there's also shows that are you know they have a lot of um uh country specific shows that make it out like squid game is a good example and they got a new horror one that's also from Ooh. south korea that's taking the world by storm the kingdom and, was also good don't forget that yes. Yes. and also i was going to say the protector from turkey mm. which was another science fiction show uh well fantasy sorry oh, that was um, actually but, good i watched that one that was actually pretty good uh, it, it, I didn't the last mind it. season stuck. I only ass, watched the first season though. Well, the first fair. season was excellent. It was well done. Second season it went down. Oh. Third season it went down even more, oh, and they no. wrapped it up in kind of a sour oh, note. But I did bad. watch it because the first season was really good. I mean, he's like this flea market shop kid, and <laughs> yeah. he gets a shirt and a dagger, and he becomes his hero. He's like the protector from yeah. the immortals, who are like these creepy bad guys from another dimension, and like we find out more about that as the show goes on, and it's like, it had a really good... It was good, and so there, you know, Netflix has a lot of good stuff. Good documentaries but in between too. That, they do have some good documentaries as well. I agree. Oh, with that. the uh, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna great, forget great. what it's called, but there was a a multi part. Fuck, I'm gonna have to look it up now. But it was like Earth, Air, Fire, and Water. But it was a multi part documentary about food, about cooking from like seven, eight years ago now, probably. But it was all about the elements used in cooking um, in these different places around the world it was such a good show and they've also done like they've got this 
they got a bunch of stuff down here in Mexico because mm-hmm. of all the tacos. So that we got lots of taco shows and oh, stand shows. And, and those are really good documentaries. Um, and they're also starting to produce a lot of, and I can appreciate this cause I'm married to a Mexican and I live in Mexico. So I'm, I'm fairly steeped in the culture now. Um, after 11 some years down here, um, Netflix is starting to produce a lot of Hispanic or lat Latino shows like the Maya and the three, whatever's on right now. Um, it's a, it's a mini series that we're getting ready to watch. Um, and, and so it's, you know, but in between all that is the crap that is yeah. hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it is. They have their big stuff and then they have a whole oh, Jack Ryan. Yes. Meat hooks. Jack oh, Ryan. Yes. That show is so real good. good stuff. That one's great. Third season. I yeah. think just got done filming. Right. Um, so they got, they've also got the arcane show we talked about last week, right? Which I haven't watched. I have oh, not watched man, the next so six episodes. I'm yet. down. I've only with watched it. the first three. I like the Castlevania series for an anime too. And I'm not, a it was big good. Anime, anime and Castlevania had really good voice acting. Um, yeah. we had Armitage doing the voice of Dracula. You had, um, I had a bunch of Hobbit cast. Um, cause there was Armitage and, the Scottish actor from Outlander and a bunch of other stuff. His name I can't remember mm-hmm. now, but he was one of the main dwarves. He was Dwalin in the in the Hobbit movie. He's the bald guy with the big yep. beard. And I can't remember his name. I know now. you're talking but about. But yeah, um, yeah, Dracula had uh, Castlevania had some really good voice cast, and I yeah. liked the um, spell effects were really cool in that show. Um, and it was a darker oh. like I actually that was when I was still going to the gym before COVID, and I got into Castlevania. I would be sitting there on the bike for like 45 minutes doing my cardio and i would just have my phone up there on the bike and i just watched castlevania episodes it's like this is the best shit ever it's like speaking of pounding cardio away and you're just like yeah get them get those vampires like, so, you know the, so the marvel stuff before they got shipped off too is actually pretty good i like the daredevil show and the punisher those so two i liked. loved those i loved um, them too yeah iron fist uh jessica jones yeah. luke cage all those are good and the defenders was very well done when they all came together I have been very unimpressed with the Disney plus Marvel shows so far. Mm. Um, and I I'm looking at Hawkeye as a Christmas special show that's coming out. And I'm just feeling like in the pit of my stomach that it's just going to suck ass because Loki was pretty good, but the other ones sucked. Yeah, I agree. The, the, I, I got to say this because I, I don't hear many people uh, throwing this out there. But when I was growing up, I was a I was a Marvel guy, right? And when I was a kid, you had to pick a freaking side. You was a DC mm-hmm. guy or you was a Marvel guy, right? And sure. I was a Marvel guy. And um, when all these shows started hitting real heavy uh, uh, years back um, and the movies were coming out, et cetera, um, what's up, man? What's up with DC, dude? The Flash? Did you ever watch that show? What a steaming pile of crap. Oh, back in the day, well, the original one? Jeez. No, 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 no. I don't know about no, no. the old one. Uh, the old so you're talking about the CW shows. You're talking about oh, the yeah. CW shows. I haven't watched too much because of that. They have, their, they have the Arrowverse now. So I will say this. I watched Arrow when it first came out and loved it for like the first two, three seasons. Yeah. And then it went from being a really cool superhero show to a fucking soap opera. Yeah. And that's that's when The Flash came out. And then they came out with Bat, uh, Supergirl, and now they started doing the multiverse stuff and the League of Tomorrow and all this yeah. other stuff. And they started doing these multiverse episodes where cast members from that show are on this show, cast members from this. And they've got these multi-episode arcs that are like three arcs long, and it's mixing and matching the different shows. But it just – it felt like to me after three seasons of Arrow, they went, oh, crap, we're actually being successful at this. Let's span this out and let's do all these other DC characters. And you're not wrong. 
The Flash is a steaming pile of crap. Like I did I mean, watch the first season in its entirety got, because you got so convoluted, dude. It was just yes. like, are you serious, man? It got to a point where it's like, how many flashes are there now? You know what I mean? Like they got into all that. Oh, it was yeah. I, that, it, it was. Is it part of the multiverse thing that they're? Because I, I, I'll yes. be, I'll be honest. I've, I think I watched like the first season of Arrow and maybe the first season of the Flash and, um, I. I think I was watching the Supergirl one, but I couldn't get into it. And then, uh, yeah, but then I see that I saw they were doing like the the crossing over multiverse thing. And I thought, well, that could be cool if they're they're specifically building off of this, like alternate dimension stuff that ties into like the Flash and his ability to do that. Yeah. Right. In the the whole multiverse, which is cool about the Flash movie that's going to be coming out that I'm excited Mm -hmm. about, because if they do that right, that'll just be fantastic. I'm all about like the the different alternate realities and like blending them in and like, you know, having like rifts and tears and space and time and and the different planes of existence and having to like, you know, bring multiple dimensions with different realities are existing to like repair it. Um, I loved it. They and, did like, that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's with okay. they've got different Superman actors coming back. Okay, like, um, yeah, see, yeah, different. Yeah, so but I just but is couldn't... it well done or is it just so popular? I don't know because I haven't watched him because okay, I lost CD, I interest know. after the CW, first three man. seasons. That, of CW, that, that kind of tells you the whole story. CW. Well, except except <laughs> Supernatural was badass. Oh my yes, I don't like Supernatural. Really, I, I, I liked oh, wow, it for the first. Really. I watched it for the first like five ish seasons, and then it started. By the time they got to like it did get a nine, little bit eight, nine. I was so like, what's silly, dude? Once they got to like, like eight or nine, I was like, or a seven to nine or somewhere in there. I was like, what's going on now, though? What this didn't feel it's a, the it's, it, the problem is is that it's obviously a made for TV show. That's the problem, yes. right? Like mm-hmm. I am spoiled now, right? Like too many. <laughs> cool shows that feel like real experiences and i don't have to put myself in the oh this is a cheap tv show mindset right like i've been spoiled now so now when i see that i immediately my stomach just starts i'm like here's crap here's the other the other side of this too um and it was around the time that the flash came out and season three of arrow Mm -hmm. season eight or nine of supernatural whatever i actually haven't watched the most recent since I think I quit at season nine of Supernatural, I think they did twelve or thirteen. Yeah, seasons. I think I made I it to know. nine. That's as far as I could get. That, that's that's going to constant loop for my life. That's one of her shows. That she oh, just really? <laughs> one of them. So I, I don't, I haven't seen everything. I don't have to because she has on a loop. So I've, I've, I, I know what happens. You know the, what I mean? The thing that uh, Chris and I don't get into anymore is if a show has more than twelve episodes, fuck off. Like. <laughs> You're not going to be able to have a coherent storyline if you have more than 12 episodes because what you're going to do is you're going to have episode of the weeks that are filler material because you got to try to fill 22 episodes. It's impossible to have a good – even going back to the X-Files, which I freaking loved the original X-Files, like the first seven or eight seasons until Mulder went off and whatever. But even that show suffered from – here, we've got 22 episodes. Only four of these episodes have an actual arc. The rest are just monster of the week episodes. Right. Same thing with Star Trek The Next Generation. As much as I love that show, yeah. episode of the week with many weaves yeah. in between where you've got three or four episode yeah. arcs. Love the show, but, but they totally do that too, yeah. Right. So this is why I love – Chris and I both love the shows that are like eight to 12 episodes because it's very compact and you get a solid storyline 
from start to finish. The only show that is the exception to that was Babylon five. And that was because it had a single showrunner who wrote like a hundred of the 130 episodes and directed yeah. like almost all of them. What, like what Straczynski, about Battlestar Galactica? What did you think of that one? Short seasons. Yeah. The, that was yeah. like 13, but they also felt episodes. long cause they were, they were longer episodes, right? So they felt yes. bigger and fuller. So you felt like you got a lot more content out of stuff like that versus like the ones that are, uh, like half hour shows, right? Like maybe they're like, maybe they end up being after commercials back in the day on TV when people watch shows on TV still, which I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I guess I don't do that anymore, but you get maybe. like your commercial times, so you get like an hour slot, but then you'd only get like maybe a 35 to 40 ish something minute actual content. At the yeah. So this goes back to, um, I, I still haven't watched the last two episodes of foundation. Um, mm. they're like 55 minute long before the credits like i'm getting almost an hour and apple tv gave me 10 episodes so i got like 10 hours of actual entertainment out of that um the first eight episodes you know it's like eight hours of actual almost you know you do you do there's they're not quite an hour long but they're very close and so i do appreciate when you give me a good eight episode run and each episode's like 55 minutes to an hour some shows actually uh, I think it was Game of Thrones did that with the final season. Some of the episodes were like an hour and 15, hour yeah. and 20 minutes long. Um, and you can which, get away with that too when you're big, right? Yes. Like, because you're interrupting the station's normal programming, but you can get away with that if you're the reason anybody's yes. even tuning into the program, yes. right? Like so. Uh, a big, The biggest, though, that could have been a really cool show because the comics are so cool um that you know it did okay um but definitely suffered from the bloat right the walking dead yeah Uh, i gave up after it was the season when they introduced negan or whatever his name is yeah i I wasn't really around as much around then either and started to feel weird for me i watched it up until that season so the season that introduced negan or negan or whatever his name is which was maybe season seven or season eight i watched all the seasons up to that point i haven't watched it since then because i just got bored yeah you're fine it just felt weird yeah it just got weird right like it didn't feel like it it didn't flow the same anymore for me even even if you got rid of rick it just felt off yeah that well, it was off because the comics went in a totally different direction right and the show just went in its mm, own that you makes blame sense. that on like they, they, it's one of those things where it's like you know actors are like hey i'm done right like i want out i'm not signed new contract and it's like well now what do we do right um and and, and like uh one of the big actresses for it she uh got signed on with marvel and it was like well now she can't be on the walking dead anymore so you know and it, it was just a mess but if they wouldn't have bloated it, right, they could have probably told the story quicker. Now, there's also the issue of catching up to the comic. Yeah. Right. And right. then and then what? Right. Like Game of Thrones, what happened to it? Right. right. It did feel like it got more focused. I agree with what was being said in there, like Sparrow had mentioned, like talking about how like it, it was very much like humans versus zombies, like heavily. Yeah. And then it started becoming then it became- that was it. That was it. Yeah. Around, I agree. This community that versus it. that community. And it, but, you know, except yeah. for the Negan thing. And maybe it's because I read the comics already, mm. right? But that Negan scene where he just comes in with that baseball <laughs> bat and he's like, I'm the boss, right? Like, and he and he crashes. Uh, sorry, spoilers, but that's been, that's old. It's been uh, years. Crack, 
cracks the dude's head open, his eyeball flies out, which I could not believe they did that scene <laughs> the way they did on TV. That's on I know. TV, right? I know, right? And I, I knew what was coming, right? And I was like, there's no way they can do this scene like it was the guy. <laughs> like, they too screwed up. It, like, give you nightmares, you know? And then they did, and I was sitting there, like, me and a friend actually from work, he would come over and watch the new episodes, and we were just sitting there, and I was like, oh, my God, they actually did it. Like, that's exactly what it was supposed to be. And then after that, right, right it was downhill. I'm like, oh, well, now think it's cool because he saved little Judy. Like, uh, get out of here, dude. You cannot bring. Okay, it can be done because Dragon Ball Z did all the time. But in my opinion, I think it's bad storytelling to yeah. set up this big arc for like the Lich King, right? And and or whatever, whatever your arc is, you're building up for it for so long, and then finally you meet the big bad wolf, and then. Just a little while later, be like, oh, well, he's nice now. Like, no, dude. Right? He cracked the dude's head open, busted his eyeball out for no reason, just to set an example, right? right. Um, and then and then you're not, and then you're going to come back and be like, well, you know, people change. Like, dude, get out of here, man. man like, that, that's a soap opera stuff we were talking about earlier. Like, keep it legit. Of the right? week. Yeah. You want to make it to where, like, in the comic – once again, spoilers, I'm sorry. But in the comic, it's like he's an old man. You know, we're talking about he's lived his whole life in jail now, and then he starts to soften up because he only has one person to talk to, who is Carl, who comes to him and talks to him, and he actually respects Carl, right? And so he does change, but we're talking about over his entire lifetime, right? And that's more believable than in where it's just like – a couple of weeks later for the viewer it's like the very next week now you're supposed to think negan dude, and then dude uh, get out i i gotta tell you man i i gotta say this okay i'm all about a good redemption story but if someone goes fucking dark side and they've been there for 30 years don't don't try to excuse them and bring it i'm just saying okay oh, i'm gonna world of warcraft time here i'm gonna talk about it. if you if you don't know what i'm talking about whatever i don't oh, even care yeah. I know do going, you do yeah. you with with freaking uh, artists Dude, uh, oh, it, I thought you were going to go Sylvanas. I thought you were going to go Sylvanas. Sylvanas is a good example. Freaking Illidan is a good example. I'm like, what do you mean, dude? Like, Illidan, he's, he's got his own thing. I get where he's at. He isn't really a really great example. Arthas, though, where they're going with him, it's like, and then you decide to do this tie-in with freaking um, Anduin and shit, and, like, it's like, well, it's really the jailer because it's really that they had weak will. And so all of the they obviously don't made even, that up as they went. Don't right? even like, don't even try to do, let them have made bad choices and they went corrupt. Let them be dark side. Leave them there. Don't bring them back yeah. and be like, and now they're going to be the reason that we all make it or some shit. Don't do that. Let I them agree. have their time. Let them live up to that iconic role. Don't go back and tarnish it with yeah, this. Don't take it away. We liked that. Let him we be like the, that part. I like you know? that Arthas fell yeah. and he succumbed yeah. to the evil and corruption right. and that was his thing. Right? right? Just don't go back to that scene where he's like, Father, I see darkness before me thing. When 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 in, when you kill Arthas at the end, it's not a spoiler, right? Okay, you can go solo kill his ass now. Easy. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. don't go. That's, he says he sees his far, father, Metathol. He sees the king. He sees the king's spirit. He's dying. He says, "I see only darkness before me." Let that be a lesson, a consequence. Don't do bad shit and leave it there. Leave it there. His fate is justified. Don't come back into expansions or so, and then go. Well, let's talk about how you know, it was really like his soul was corrupted and his will was flawed because of the fact that like the jailer exists and like no. 
let just let him own it and let him say he fucked up and he made a bad decision homie went dark side he once was a good dude he couldn't be a good dude something inside of him it was tarnished and he fell to this dark and corrupt thing he, he gave in to this and he liked it just like we right. always saw him like it and that There's is different his, yes there's a difference between you get you fall into the darkness and i'll give you a good example the darth vader anakin uh story right where um yeah he kind of you know like out of his own kind of love he kind of fell into it right yeah and then it made sense when he was faced with the son that's now gonna die he really wanted to pull his son with him and then he would have been fine continuing yeah. everything but once once he realizes like this is my son and he's going to die. And I, that love that he had uh, comes back and he just, and then, you know, that's different. That's how you do a redemption that's story, different. right? Because the seeds were the, already there. Right. Now you could argue they weren't because they did the movies later, but they were written. They were already did exist. Yo, uh, so win him I over before say, he dies, win him over before he dies. And then as he's dying, he's done something plus, to help. That's different. Yes. Don't go doing it. I'll also he dies. say that if you separate the two trilogies out, the redemption arc for Darth Vader doesn't happen until the second trilogy. The prequel trilogy, yeah, true. he goes dark yeah. and stays dark. He's dark. He's burning to a crisp, looking up at, at, yeah. at, at Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Hatefully. he's just hate, yes. pure hate, burning yes. to a crisp, like just darkness. Yeah. Like yeah. Darkness and evil. With it. And, yes. and then when he, when, when Palpatine tells him, you know, that, 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 Padme and that he's <laughs> the one who killed her, you know, kind of thing. And yes. he just starts crushing yeah. and destroying everything. Yes. It's like, that is, if you separate the redemption story out, I, I, that, that scene and that turn, I love that movie. It's just, it's such a great film. And also just the way it ends, you know, Obi-Wan is like giving him the speech about, you know, you are my brother, you know? And, 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 and like, feel in his soul you could just feel it like he just felt so betrayed but on the flip side anakin felt so betrayed because he saw kenobi bringing padme to the planet and trying to use her yes. against him yeah and then just like uh, just like trying to kill her because he's so pissed off like that whole sequence of events at the end of revenge of the jedi uh, revenge of the Sith, that's, whatever the name of the movie is and that's what that even going into that that's this is why the Jedi's weren't supposed to fall in love, right? Like, yes, this is this. It was kind of like, yeah, this is crazy, but now it makes sense. Like, cause when, you know, we already knew, right. But for new audiences, like my kids, right. Where I can show them the mm -hmm. correct order of events. Right. And, uh, to them though, they watch it and they're like, oh, that's messed up. They won't let him, you know, like he's not allowed to live his own life and blah, blah, blah. That's kind of <laughs> messed up. And then you're like, oh, oh, but wait, there's reasons. Like how complicated this could get, right? Mm -hmm. Like they yes. need to be free. They need their mind to be free of uh, the constraints and things like that. But so the whole thing is really good. Now, I would argue that they maybe had a casting issue um, a little bit <laughs> with some characters <laughs> in the wrinkles, but. If you can ignore that, and which I can now, I'm older and I can just, you know, I can just ignore that and just think of the story. And it was really good. It was really freaking good. And that does make the redemption arc believable in the second half of that, because when you do get to the end and the conflict inside of Vader makes sense at that point, 
because he's realizing, oh, I've got twins and I've got two kids and oh, but and he, but he's also still that there's that corruption. Like I love that scene in Return of the Jedi when he's like, sister, sister. Obi-Wan never told me yeah, you had a sister. Yeah, and it's just saying yeah. Luke's like, no, my thoughts have betrayed me. Yeah. And, and in that moment, Vader is feeling like he's one and the dark side is taking over. And he's like, I don't need you. I can get to her. But then he comes back around again. And it's mm, that's good, good storytelling. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lucas has and, his flaws for tinkering with things sometimes. Yeah, but Ultimately, still. it's good stuff. Oh. And, and and the other thing about it too is that um, the the beauty of the the series of of the Star Wars series is that that though some of these themes weren't abused yet, right? Like the whole uh, remember Luke would say, "No, I can still feel my father in him, or I can still feel that he's not complete machine, he's not complete evil. There's something else there." And everybody else is kind of like, "No, you're a fool. It's over with. Your father's dead." You know, like that's. And, and and but those themes are overplayed now, but not not then, right? Like that was like a new like kind of like ooh, Luke turned out to be right, you know? Because um, if you watch them in order, like my kids did, another interesting thing that we didn't get to experience this way was that they are like, oh my god, Luke is doing the same yep. thing yep. that his father did. He's going yep. down the same path. It's going to happen again, you know? That's what my kids kept saying. I was like, that. You know what? I would have never even seen it that way, you know, because I watched it in the order they were released, you know. Oh my god, dude! It's I'm sorry, I'm gonna bounce back to World of Warcraft. It's like going to Gul'dan. <laughs> it's like <laughs> because I'm sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, it's like imagine if they came back now and said Gul'dan, right? Guy really in touch with nature, just really misunderstood. He had good intentions. No. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't have yeah. good intentions. It were fucked up intentions. He wanted to hurt people. He wanted to steal souls and their life force to power shit. And what about what about this though? Here's their biggest mistake in the story, oh. in my opinion. What about that Sylvanas was confused that the jail that the jailer was Come using her? On. What are you talking about? That's the, the same explanation for Arthas and Anduin. Now they're doing using yeah. Anduin as the token like confusion kid for this bullshit. That they're spinning. Yeah, how do you to fucking bring characters by that? Right, like you, you worked for him. You, you worked for chose. him. What, you what chose. did you not understand? Exactly. You know, like yes. Oh my goodness, it's Dude, so bad. The Sylvanas so bad. arc, like I always liked her being kind of a badass man. Yeah, kind of a little hard. Right, I love that she. It's slippery, you know, like yes, it, it just bad, didn't it even bad. it didn't even make sense to turn her into this nefarious character that they did. And now you want to it didn't. I liked her always being just a, a little bit dark to be like, yeah. nah, nah, like a little bit of defiance in me, like I'm a part of this, but I'm like, you know, but don't don't step out of line or I'm gonna shank your ass, you know what I mean? With a poison dagger, like you know what I mean? Living in these yeah, it was sewers with a good, good character. Yes, it's a good character. They yeah. fucked her up when they went and were like, We're gonna turn her into this big super villain. I'm like, why even do that? Because now look at where you're going with this shit. Like Dude, it just this, fucking this work. Is, this is what happens when you don't uh, write out your story in advance. I swear to God, yeah, this is what uh, happened. They, they totally had it ready to go up. To Wrath of the Lich King, and then from there they were just Fucking like, "All right, now, failed. What, what can we do? What can we do?" And I tell you what, now that they're saying like the next one is uh, going to be the ending to the story arc, I'm sorry, but the only reason they're saying this because Final Fantasy is ending their story arc right now, right? <laughs> yeah. So we're like, "No, 
Chalk so face. Oh, oh, so are we. We're also ending our story. Yeah, this is also our big ending. Like, dude, shut up. Nobody cares about you anymore. You've done, you've done fucked it up. You know? uh, oh, my God. I hate, I hate that Blizzard does that. Like, it makes me God. so sad to see a company that used to make such good stories and such oh, good man. games. It's yes. so good and nerdy. And now they're just like this weird little company that's like, ooh, me too. Me too. Oh, oh we also a have burning it. dumpster fire now, dude. Like yes, between everything is. happening in the press oh, and yeah. how they're talking to people and how they do oh, yeah. and you know what I mean? They treat their developers. It's no wonder the game is I'm sorry. It's no wonder it sucks now. You I'm gonna still, say it. I'm sorry, I, I do. I love it. I love World yeah. of Warcraft, but it fucking sucks now, dude. I had dude. It sucks. Bad. I can't it's even try. I don't even have it in me with all the love in the world for that universe to even even try anymore. It just feel ashamed of look the the idea of logging in just feels well, dirty. it feels dirty like their publicity right now. That's what it feels like actually. Oh, it's pretty Yeah, it's I, pretty I want to tell this story on the That's air. That's actually so, Yeah, okay. Let's do real My time. wife my wife wanted to get make sure that we did not accidentally, because we had a few Blizzard accounts going, right? The kids had some because they were playing Classic, et cetera. So she was like, look, I'm pretty sure you still got some Blizzard accounts active. Can you make sure you cancel this? So like a couple of nights ago, I was going through, making sure that we didn't have any subscriptions going. No money was going to Blizzard. And um, while I was doing that, Blizzard uh, reminded me of their, uh, what's it called? Seasons of Mastery on the Classic, right? Where... Uh, you know, things have been increased in difficulty and um, uh, on the rape fights and bosses. And uh, also they added where that old Iron Man thing is a real thing built into the game now, et cetera. I'm not going to lie, dude. I was looking at it like, mm-hmm, that would be fun. But I was like, no, I'm not supporting Blizzard. Cancel. Right, you but know, you've got your freaking dark portal pass. Get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> right? It's like I a battle. It. It's like a battle pass, but for World of Warcraft in classic. You're talking about, you're talking about what uh, if you're gonna go to Burning Crusade, <sighs> skip the level. That was, that's what it was, right? That was the portal pass or whatever. And the amounts that didn't even exist in the game, but you can buy them. Yeah, you could be in there. Like, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing, guys? See, what's interesting though is like they almost had the right idea, right? Like, except for leave it the same until Wrath of the Lich King, right? And then, I mean, make new expansions that aren't Cataclysm and take it in a new direction. One that yeah. you planned this time. You don't make up yeah. as you go, right? Oh, God. In in a world where they we could go back in time and save Blizzard from themselves. It's impossible. Planning is really important for story. Yeah. Any sort of storytelling. We, I think we talked about this last time we were on the show, like storyboarding. Like it's such a hugely important part of yeah. any sort of development, whether it doesn't matter the medium you're talking about. Um, Black Soul Friday at Udemy. Blizzard, you can go on Udemy and there's people there. They'll teach you how to do it if you really are a little hard up on sending people to college courses for this sort of stuff. I mean, $10, man. Black Soul Friday, I think. They should be promote. I, I feel like I just get advertisement for the. <laughs> it's cheap and you can at least get something out of it, but it's like, it's not, oh man, it's not like there weren't resources, you know? I really am disappointed, man. I am disappointed. Wrath of the Lich King was the pinnacle. I know for a lot of people it was Burning Crusade, but for me, it was Wrath of the Lich King. It felt viable to have alternate characters, it felt viable to play them all, it felt meaningful for my class identity. PvP wasn't, you know, 
it was still in a pretty good place. You did your battlegrounds, you did your arenas, right? It still felt good. Um, Raid still felt good. You still had your tier sets and stuff. I mean, I played it. I played a lot, man. I played a lot. Yeah. And that was the golden age for me for World of Warcraft. And everything else after that was like nostalgia bait, overhyped, disappointing, grindy, wrong reasons to have me logging in. Artifact weapons. That's about all I have to say. That's the final yeah. nail in the coffin, I think, for me or whatever. So anyway, yeah. Today's <laughs> empires are tomorrow's ruins. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, that's how it goes. I and I say it. I'm not even saying it to be like bash them. It's just like it's so sad, man. It was such a good time in gaming. That was for me. Uh, yeah, it was the golden era for me in an MMORPG for for the ones I played. You know, because I got into, uh, you know, I never played EverQuest. I, not because it, I didn't think it was going to be a good game ring. I didn't know about it. Like, yeah. I didn't even know it existed. Like, I'll tell you when I found out about EverQuest, it was that EverQuest sucks video about the little no mage and Dalaran or whatever. Yeah. Jim, Jimmy, the little mage, and he's talking about all the stuff or whatever. And then he says, because EverQuest sucks at the end. If anybody knows what YouTube video I'm talking about, it's an old one. I remember. I, it. I remember. I watched it because it was about World of Warcraft. At the end, I was like, what the fuck's EverQuest, right? So then I had to go and look and find out what EverQuest was. I never knew about it because I found out about World of Warcraft. You know how I found out about it? On the freaking shelf of Best Buy, dude. That's how I found out yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, the problem, too, with EverQuest was that, unfortunately, it wasn't the kind of game people was just running around telling everybody about, right? Yeah, it was like you were, people were kind of like... We just got through that weird section of life where Dungeons and Dragons was kind of frowned upon, and then EverQuest came out, and it was just like it was a weird time in um, mm. gaming in general where some games were considered cool and that mm. was acceptable to talk about in public, et cetera, and some games were not, right? And EverQuest was just immediately tossed in the you should be ashamed of yourself Um uh, oh, really? Whereas oh. World of, yeah, when it first well, launched, the first one, yeah, Damn. yeah, when it first launched, it was it, it's hard to explain but, because of like the stigma. Is that why? Or yeah, like I, when I went nerds, to go buy it, nerds um, weren't appreciated then. Yeah, yeah, we weren't appreciated. Nerds weren't cool yet, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, or whatever. But uh, when I went to go buy, I had to up, upgrade my graphics card. It was a long time ago. 3D graphics were pretty new. I had to go get a freaking Voodoo card, right? And so yeah. uh, I went to the I went to the little computer shop uh, nearby, mm -hmm. and uh, the guy. Behind the counter, I was telling him, like, I need, you know, and of course, he was asked questions like, what do you want to play on it, right? And I remember, and I didn't know this guy. Who cares, right? I was also young and impressionable. But I was <laughs> like, I didn't want to tell him it was EverQuest. And I was like, oh, you know, I want to play Unreal. That's what I told him. I <laughs> oh, shit. Something <laughs> like that. Quake or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was like, yeah, yeah. And he was like, we got that game, too. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm about to buy the game. <laughs> You're like, awesome. I mean, I'll I play spend it. twice uh, the money. So I did. I bought Quake, and then I went to another store. It was like Babbage's <laughs> or one of those that that GameStop bought out. And I went to go buy EverQuest there. And the guy tried to talk me out of buying it, dude. He was like, "Dude, don't buy this game. It's gonna ruin your life." Uh, my wife left me, and I, I I get to see my kids like once a month now because I I freaking lost myself and blah blah blah. I said, "Dude," and I told him I did say this to that guy because I was you know I just want to play EverQuest now. Like I don't yeah. want more shit. And so I told the guy, I was like, dude, that makes me want to buy it more. That's I I don't have a life and this is gonna be my life. So just ring it up and let me get the hell out of here so I can start this long dial-up process of playing the game, you know. Uh but yeah, it was it was just different. It was very different back then. 
right? Really awkward moment when I go to like, you know, poke my eye and then my weird white eyes are over it. And it's like, oh, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> it's the light shining through. I know. It's yeah. like, it's like you can't, you can't, you can't contain these. Like, <laughs> oh, you can close them, but I'll never be fully shut. <laughs> oh, man, dude. Man, I, I really do. Uh, man, I like reflect. I think back to like probably the time frame that, because World of Warcraft, I, I think I started playing that. It was like, early in the vanilla and then <clears throat> i didn't really understand the game and stuff i, I figured it out but I, I played like i was still playing a lot of like i played unreal or i played like call of duty or i played like freaking uh some of like the uh uh zelda games on console and stuff i was still playing zelda a lot stuff like that or any of those other things like gauntlet legends or Baldur's gate or different games like that that i could play but i didn't really like play pc games pc games until roughly around the same time as like world of warcraft probably a little bit before that like oh three or four or something like that because i didn't get my first computer till i was in the army it was a yeah. compact presario i think or something like yeah old school <laughs> i remember a compact yeah old, old school back before we bought my H, H, yeah hp or whatever and so i was like okay so i played that was my first computer was actually in the army and i got one and i you know hopped on it in the barracks and played some things then and you know, so I, I, I wasn't like one of my, my was, we weren't, we didn't have enough money to have computers when I was like young or young enough to like where they were cool on dial up. And I think my dad had one. Right. And I was like, you know, I wrote, I went and ran around and I had a pager and I went to parties and people paged me and I did that. And so <laughs> I didn't have a computer, so I didn't have dial up or any of that. I totally skipped the pager, but I remember all oh, of my yeah. friends had one. I didn't have one. Page me, bro. Um, I was. For my that's when I company. did you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's when I was channel. first sort of living on my own. I was like 16 years old on my own, and yeah, I didn't, I wasn't gonna get a pager for my own sake. Um, I we had a PC growing up, um, because my dad needed it for work and he used it for all his quicken and stuff, and and I was allowed time on the PC you know, after homework and everything else, I was given, you know, an hour here and there. And then I would go over to my friend's house. My friend's dad was a graphic designer. And so he had an office with like six Mac machines back when Macs were like $10,000 a pop. Yeah. He had a big, so we would go over, he would, we would play it all on Macs over his place and at home. We had the PC. Um, but I didn't have my own until I literally went out and bought a PC for everquest mm. and this is so funny um my brother actually i'm gonna see if i can share this on it probably won't show up on the screen because of but this is an anecdotal story to this um because my brother my sister brought one of my boxes that have been in storage forever um let's see if you can see that that is my three-day pass to the first oh, star wars celebration shit. in denver colorado oh wow yeah. So nice. I went first one because I lived right there. Um, and anecdotal as well. Um, I've got Terry Brooks signed Phantom Menace flip case special Ooh. edition one of five thousand, as well as the other four copies, handmade lightsaber, a bunch of other cool stuff. Anyway, the reason I mention this is because I was in line. Fucking nerd flex, look at you. Dude. Oh, dude, <laughs> I, I blew seven hundred dollars that day Shit. on Legos at the Lego store. 
And I'm so stupid because, you know, 19-year-old me wasn't thinking collector's editions because those are worth buku money these days. 19-year-old me was smoking weed going, I'm going to fucking put together some badass Lego sets when I get home (laughs) this week, you know. But I, I, I was in line for the toy store to open at the festival. And these guys behind me were talking about like the tabletop version of Star Wars. And so I was like, I love D&D. So I turn around, we start talking um, and they're telling me about the source books. And I'm like, I got to buy the source books for Star Wars RPG because it sounds amazing. And in the course of that conversation, we got to talking about computer games. We talked about Baldur's Gate because that had been out for a little bit at that point. And then they were like, have you tried this new game called EverQuest? And it had only been out. Um, this would have been, if I can even see the date on this May, April 30th, May 1st and 2nd. So when did, when did EverQuest drop? Um, over 1999, um, I want to say, I'm going to look this up real quick because, um, senior year of high school, ladies and gentlemen, he, no, it was released in March of 1999. So it, it had been out. April, May. It had been out two months almost. Wow. wow. When these guys told me about it and they were like, yeah, it's this online, like D&D online. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. When I finished up at the Star Wars Festival, um, I went to the store and I found a copy of EverQuest and I was like looking at it going, this is amazing. And I'm looking at everything and I was like, I need a computer to run this and I got to have an internet connection. So I literally <laughs> went out and stupid 19 i got finance for a computer like i didn't have the money for a computer at that point they were like four thousand dollars or whatever back then i think it was like 3200 or something this is how you know it's bad all in one (laughs) i got got like an all in this i didn't know any better i got like an all-in-one gateway at the time because it was the only store in the town that i lived in and took it home got at&t cable which cable internet time was like i couldn't believe it you know cable internet um and i started playing everquest right then like two months after launch and that was it like that that was the you know that was it and then once i had my own pc in my house too it was like then i was just going crazy because i was on my own i was 19 and it was like my parents had only ever given me like an hour a day and i was like fuck this i'm gonna just you know i'm going crazy and that became my outlet Um, i was i was barely living on long right i wasn't even 18 uh, I was 17. And I had this arrangement set up where um, I'd already graduated, though I graduated early because I'm a genius, you know. And uh, so I had my own little my own little place. I was renting off my grandmother and a uh, little apartment, and it had one of those uh, what's it called an island? Is that what they call it? The island uh, in the middle of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And um, I I come from a background of being a PC. I mean, not a PC, a console gamer. Right? I always dabbled in PC games, but up until MMOs, I, I mainly played on consoles. And console players are a little weird when they start d- playing PC games. Like, they don't do the normal. They don't go get a desk and a mouse pad and all that. They'll just, like, pull up a freaking random table and throw <laughs> their computer on it. Um, so my computer setup was right there on that island, right? Like, that's what my island in my wow. kitchen was, was my computer station. And I had a little bar stool, and I pulled up. And uh, uh, the the bad thing was, though, is, like, I'd already played UO, loved UO, and then, you know, I need 3D card to play EverQuest because people are telling me how, you know, it's 3D and all this. And I met this guy who uh, was super obsessed with it. So when I went to go buy it, dude, I was already addicted. I hadn't even played it yet. And I was fiending to play some EverQuest. You know what I mean? Um, I ended up, uh, the graphics card didn't fit in the computer I had. I like just 
with a freaking knife and a hacksaw, just like, because I was like, dude, I got to play this game. And I, I ripped my PC case open. So the graphics card was just like hanging out of these shreds of metal, like sticking out. Like it, it was, it was like a crackhead and I hadn't even played it yet. What got me when those guys were explaining <laughs> to me is they told me about the hill giant and the common lands coming over towards the, the tunnel and they talked about like players getting together to take down the giant and wizards calling lightning out of the sky. And, you know, 19 year old pothead me was like, uh, <laughs> I got to go get this game. And then the cover, like that cover, that was with cover. Parkinson art was just like, yeah, I'm, yeah yep. Sold. Yeah. Um, I have to flip a coin real quick. So I'm going to mute uh, just for a moment, but please continue. What are we flipping a coin? Oh, I'm curious now. What are we flipping for? <laughs> All right. Heads, weird, tells, genius. And by the way, oh, we're talking island <laughs> kitchen setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, talk, we're talking that. Yeah, we're talking island kitchen setup. So uh-huh. let's see here. Uh, weird heads, okay. okay, which will be this side. In, okay. in uh genius tells which will be this side right here okay cool all right so okay okay all right so heads tells ready set here we go up to the fates fates don't Either know what the they're talking about though but it's fine <laughs> bullshit positivity in here. all right <laughs> i guess it's genius to use an island set up in the kitchen for your pc it's fine though yeah, Mark, it is. I'll tell you. I'll tell you one more. So <laughs> He's like, I obviously, I told the story, dude. Come on. Uh, there was a time, <laughs> so Vanguard had already come out, and I didn't have a laptop. We had two stations. Um, my previous partner, she had hers, and I had mine. And uh, Vanguard had just been out for a little bit, and we were hardcore on that server on Florendale. We were the number one guild. We were playing like mm-hmm. 70, 80 hours a week. And I had a contract up the mountain from where we lived, and I so I had to go like drive about four hours to go up the mountain and i was staying in a hotel um while i was up there um, working on this job and so i would go up and i would work four or five days sometimes four tens and come home or whatever but because i was the guild leader of a raid guild <laughs> i couldn't just miss like five days yeah so i literally every time this is like four months of me going up the mountain every week to work on this job so every Monday morning at like three o'clock in the morning, I'd wake up and I would pack my entire tower, the monitor, all the stuff in the back seat of my truck, along with all my tools and everything else. I'd drive up the mountain, I'd work for the day, get to the hotel, and I would unpack the PC, plug it into the hotel, hardwire into the the outlet, and I would run the raids from my hotel room. Um with a freaking tower PC. But now these days I've been laptop only for like a decade now since 2009 i think i've been laptop only and i don't know that i will ever go back to desktops and my brother and i actually talked about this recently because his his tower is like seven or eight years old now and it's starting to feel its age and he was even telling me that he's thinking he'll just get a laptop for his next one because they're the only thing you lack i mean yeah towers are always gonna be a little bit more powerful but if you're not you know unless you're building bleeding edge games that's right yeah don't necessarily need a 3090 with 105,000 gigs of ram and all this other stuff <laughs> all right hold but on, red it does, for some reason or, i do or do I, you i did i need to but you said i mean you said you said sure it's a little bit stronger to be like that little extra 
Right, James. <laughs> anybody? If they, released, if they released a graphics card right now, right, and they said, "Look, this is so advanced that there's literally it's impossible that anybody will even be able to take advantage of how crazy this come from another planet, an alien developed it, and it will take thousands of years for humans to even be able to, to get this and make make use of this technology." Yeah, I would still want it. Right, I would but, still want but, it because it's top of the line. I, I gotta want to, you know. Oh, I got to make this joke though. Anybody watch that movie Waiting? Yeah, uh, multiple times. You have? Dude, remember you know the difference between extraordinary and ordinary is it's that little bit of extra. <laughs> that little bit of extra. <laughs> um, it's true. It, it is true. But I will say this: laptops are extremely powerful. When I bought this one, and it's about three years old now, but when I yeah. bought it, it had a 1080. It's got a 1080 in it, and the it was the best laptop. It was right before the 20 series came out. So it was at the end of the 1080 mm. lifespan. There is a noticeable difference between a 1080 and a laptop and a 1080 on a PC. For sure. Noticeable yeah. difference. Yeah, we got sure. running the cyclovacemia uh, alphas. The desktop would get 15 to 20 more FPS than the laptop version. So there's always going to be that power difference. It's always going to be better on a desktop. But the portability is something that for me – but I'm on the move a lot. You guys, I don't think you guys. No, it's are. different if you're yeah. on the move. If you're on the move, yeah. you gotta. If you, yeah, it's a big difference. Yeah, that's a difference. Yeah. If you're, if you're I gonna, mean, be I would mobile. love to have. I would love to have a really nice, you know, yeah. even medium laptop that I could bring with me when I am on the go. But I'm on the go so little. That's just like I can put things on pause during that time, you know. Yeah, because a lot of times I'll be, you know, if we go on a contract, we're on a contract for three to four months, and so it's like I can't just take all my stuff with me it's like it's nice to have a laptop yeah. that can run everything and i mm-hmm. you know it's literally set up over here so I'm, i've got my own monitor and i've got everything set up just like i would with a desktop i just can unplug that thing yep. and stick it in a backpack and take and it with wherever. me on a plane um i don't know I've, it's been more than a decade and i don't know that i ever will you know unless i've got ten thousand dollars to just blow do you guys think do you guys think the console players talk just like this but about the switch no Maybe. way dude I, i'm just wondering i'm just wondering no you think they do? they're like nah man i'm switch because it's on the go and i can just bring it with me and oh. I can plug it up when i want to <laughs> you think they do i'm just wondering like that's a serious question do you think that that's oh sorry like, one about, second. they don't play pc games i'm talking about the console brothers you know like people they just play they just play console i wonder if honestly that's like a, i think I think so. Yeah, I really genuinely do think it's probably think so. a very similar perspective because <clears throat> I do have a switch. I don't play it very often because I don't have really can't time. stand the controls. It's too tiny. Yeah, it, but the yeah, for something like playing like a Zelda game or whatever, I mean, be able to plug it in if I want to watch it on the TV versus like maybe I want to go hammer out some, you know, killing some shiz while I'm sitting on a couch watching TV or something. I mean, it's pretty convenient. So if, yeah, if Joey nice. was here, he would tell you the reason he loves his switch is because he runs an excavator most days and Ooh, on yeah. lunch break he'll pull out a switch and he'll play it while he's taking an hour long lunch break and it gives him a chance to just completely disconnect yeah. from you know sitting sense. there for seven eight hours running that excavator I um he, 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 I, I was hoping you'd that say he was playing books. it on the excavator <laughs> 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 like, probably yeah. has at some point <laughs> i'm sure it's oh at. my god you guys um, Oh, we got to hit some gaming news here. We actually have a few things too. Sorry, but Renfield, yeah, please finish your story. No, it's all good. Um, But I do, I can't stand the Switch because of the, I tried playing 
Breath of the Wild at my brother's last yeah. Christmas when I was there for a month in it. That that controller, and I know you can buy oh, the Pro. Yeah, the Pro. The, yeah, which gives it, you the that's the a actual, really good controller. Yeah, right. And yeah. if I owned one, I would totally do that because I cannot yeah. stand those two little thumbsticks. Yeah, it is mm. weird. I got it's really side. weird when when you are when you're supposed to turn it sideways and play it like this, and it's like <laughs> that big, and you're like. Yeah, it's your like thumbs are hitting each other. Like that's that's, tough, that's probably the worst. That's it. That's almost as bad as trying to play like a game on your mobile phone where you've got like your two little things. You're like I'm fucking hitting my I own thumbs. I can't stand those. Yeah, I hate mobile gaming. So <laughs> I can't even stand to think about it. Hey, but I mean, yeah, you're right. I can't. I mean, the only game I can play on my mobile phone is like I keep Star Wars what? Galaxy of Heroes. I've had that for about three years on my phone. Gwent, um, but. I yeah. play Gwent on there. I think the only other one is like I've got Elder Scrolls, uh, uh, the Elder Scrolls, uh, what's it called, Blades or whatever. But that thing's been pay to win for so long that I just can't. It's been yeah. pay to win since launch, basically. I mean, period. I mean, of course, if you get games playing to like good old Gamigo, then they'll basically tell you that mm-hmm. if there's another alternative in the game where you can go grind it out and you can also purchase something of equal value, it's not actually pay to win. Yeah, no matter how long it takes to grind it, it's still... Yeah, hey. speaking of good old Gamigo, I mean, what a great segue into, um, you know, uh, anybody need to take a dose of fuck it all? It's a pill, I understand. Oh, is that just a fake commercial? <laughs> yeah, they're basically Rift. I see Rift is getting a first major update in years in 2022. We already talked about the Archage and Chain thing, right? Um, yeah. This one, though, I just... Yeah, so detail on Gamigos. Let me, see, let me make sure I'm reading this right. Details on Gamigo's mystery MMO and more. So, first of all, let's hit this part. Rift is getting a major update. Do you have, have you heard about this? It's been, I don't know, how the, long has it been since they've had like an the, actual bona fide update? It's been a long time. But what I will say is that um, the community seems to believe it was something that they tested on the the test server or whatever, which whatever the heck it was, everybody hated it. It was uh, and. A lot of people think that's what it is, right? They're just going to implement what they tested, which apparently was awful. And then they could have fixed it. We're talking a game ago, so I would keep my expectations lower than the floor. Um, so it'll probably be even worse, right? Like they probably took the bad idea and made it even worse. And now we're going to launch it, if I had to guess. Um, I like to see that Rift is getting something because it's a pretty cool MMO, right? Um, it really is a victim of like, bad management right yeah, um, i agree so it's a cool game played it at um, launch too and it felt it felt like it had potential but then it just yeah it just seemed like it wasn't i just i just felt like it wasn't managed in a way where i made i understood where the hell this game was even going and it didn't seem like there was any insight you know or foresight from them into like here's the future i never got yeah. that i think that that's a good i think rift for me was a good example of a game that felt like it had potential that I jumped in and played that once I got there, I was like, cool, let's get into this journey. But then there was no idea of like what the journey entailed. And there wasn't really an idea of like a vision for the future. And I think Star Wars The Old Republic was out around that time. And that's when I was like, well, clearly Jedi is because I'm going to see you later. Bye or something. 
I'm pretty sure it was actually the case. Might have been what happened to everybody. It could have been but, right. But at that time, Triom was a decent company, right? Like Rift was a, right. a respectable, wow. so sub-based. And, yeah. Um, I know they're not now, but at that time when Rift, everybody was like on their knees like, yeah, Tryon, Tryon. Um, it's hard to remember that that was a time, but it was. Um, and, and Rift was highly respected uh, for just like taking the WoW formula and making it a little deeper. and. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, and plus the class thing, mm-hmm. the class combinations were crazy. You know, you could make yeah. your own class, right? Wasn't Tryon also responsible for something else, bro? Yeah, after they went to the dark side, uh, they 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 handled the Arc Age Western, uh, oh. and that was the end of Tryon. Like and, that was, and they may they may have went sour before then. I don't know. I was already not really caring, yeah. but. Um, Makes you wonder if this is why Rift might have also kind of been. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense, right? Like making bad decisions, not handling it, managing it right. That's what happened. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, there were other games. What's the other game I'm thinking of? It had a TV show. No, is that the right one? Oh, was that them? Start the D. Um, Defiance. Defiance. Yes, thank you. And there's a Defiance too. By the so way, they handed the, the, the TV yeah. show was really, really I good enjoyed on the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, I did enjoy it. I, I thought it was sad when I got canceled, and then yeah. the game eked it out for like another three years after the show. Um, but actually, that was a really good show. Um, yeah, and the original idea was they would it. do events from the show in the game. It, it was all going to be crossed over and, and mm-hmm. multiverse, multiverse, yeah, metaverse, cool. whatever you Not want to call managed, it. Before yeah. it was cool. Yeah, rough. Um, oh. But yeah, the, the whatever they're so the interesting thing about this new MMO the game ago uh, released is they said um, on an already growing, it already has a growing community, right? So this isn't a brand new MMO. This is either one that's already out that they're going to purchase or one that isn't out yet but needs a publisher or whatever, and um, they're going to throw down the money to get the game out and, of course, throw down tons and tons of paperwork on now you must do this and do that and your game must suck and uh, run your players within the first 60 days and all whatever whatever Game of Go's policies are. I just assume they must look something like that. Um, so whatever it is, man, I feel sorry for that community. I feel real bad for whoever that is because it's going to be bad. So I'm just going to say this. So I I ran a guild named Force on the SWOTOR game way back in the day. And we like killed it, dude. I was like a fucking battle master. I was one of the first battle masters on the server, which is like the PVP prestige, right? Got the speeders, got it all, had a lot of fun. I talk, I tell stories about SWOTOR PVP all the time. It's like a really great example of what respect of your enemies and their skill can be like when it's not a toxic PVP environment. Like I would literally run up against people like, in, like this, uh, uh, you know, this inquisitor or whatever all the time. And dude was freaking awesome. Can't remember his name anymore. Right. But I, we would always come up against each other and it was like, dude, it was so close every time when we, we cross lightsabers, man. And dude, it was such a good fight. It was the kind of fight that makes you better and better at PvP. But it's also kind of fight where it's like, oh, I know who that is, right? To the point where, like, eventually, you know, you'd, like, be in the middle of a match. You'd be, like, chatting with each other. You know what I mean? You weren't, like, you weren't, like, throwing a match or anything. But you were, like, you know, 
what up, dude? How's it going? You know what I mean? But then when it came down to the fight, you did your fight. And then afterwards, you'd be like, good game. That was awesome. Whatever. It was the kind of like fights that like you respected your opponent and your enemy. It was the last time I had that. Right. The yeah. last time I had that in an MMORPG was in SWOTOR. And it was a great experience for me. The launch was good. We freaking got through the SOA max difficulty freaking buggy ass fight before they finally fixed it. So like we we kicked ass on everything there. And then it was an example. I mean, the stories were great. The ships, I enjoyed all of it. Okay. Played it thoroughly like I did World of Warcraft, like that much. I played it that much. And when the rock wool uh patch came out which was like supposed to be their ma first major one i think we got like a, a essentially what's a dungeon and then um that was about it and it was like really like not a whole lot to do anymore and then the server merging started happening and it was like yeah. from then down it was just like ah i do feel like that was my first true snapshot into when you server merge and it kills a game for me because I felt like the second server merging happened, people just disappeared. Yeah. But I mean, what's the solution, right? So yeah. so the problem is, what's the solution? Because when you launch your game, it's going to have massive amounts of people. And they're going to be bitching, complaining, bad press because you don't make new servers. Because you don't have room True. for servers there. And you built... You yeah. built the amount of servers for how many people are going to actually be playing this game, right? Mm -hmm. And then you release new services because you don't want people flipping out and cursing mm -hmm. you out and calling you a piece of crap because they took the day off and now they can't play the game. Oh, 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 oh. And the whole internet catches on fire, right? But then guess what? Then the day comes when these stupid idiots didn't actually want to play your game and they leave. And then you have to well, – them now your servers are dead, right? So I, I don't know, man. I, I, it gets on my nerves because it's like you can't win, right? Like mm -hmm. you have to increase the servers because all these – MMO people that, you know, and I'm one of them, so, you know, I'm talking about myself too. They're going to play every MMO that comes out, but they know already in advance, like, I'm not going to be here for long. Just come to check it out. And, and it, you know, what's the solution? I don't think there is a solution. See, you, okay. you look like crap either way. And I'll take it for yeah. Blizzard in this case, because yeah. when WoW Classic came out, they're like, no, we're not making more servers because when we, later when we have to do the server crunch and everybody's going to whine and say it's a dead game, et cetera, it's bad press. And, and then everybody really yeah. does leave. It's like, yeah. oh, whoa, it's dead. Like people don't have their own opinion it, anymore. right? Yeah. They don't mm -hmm. just log in and be like, it ain't dead. These people are crazy. Instead, and this happened in New World too, where it's like, it's dead, it's dead. And so people are like, oh, it's dead. I'll just quit playing. Like, bro, it, that's that's opinion. why you just that's why it dies though is because people choose not to play right yeah. like for me it was people disappeared and they weren't there anymore i'm like well shit and then i didn't feel like i had anything to do but that's different than server yeah. merging right but the yeah. server merging compounded the problem and and i was reading i was reading what bounty code said here do you like eso have only one server that does shards this is the thing that's worried me about ashes for a long time right ashes is doing ashes of creation is doing some crazy innovative things and i'm stoked right I'm excited about it. The server populations are going to be good and everything, right? It's the same worry I will have for any MMORPG that's going to have its own dedicated servers, right? Yeah. Because even if it's just initially, okay, and, and even if it's just initially when you have that factor of like, we'll play, people jump in, they play it, they do it for the content, they come back later, they disappear for a while. But with Ashes, like you could probably carry out most things with several hundred people and the server will still thrive. Right. Sure. 
But depending on the upkeep for things like the nodes and things like that, depending on what the experience requirements are and how frequently people are playing, right? Having like a cap of like 10,000 people that could play with a, what, a, probably a two, two to 3,000 or something, I think at a time could be online or whatever it is. It, it is going to leave you in this position of like, ah, man, with any game that launches with that, all these servers and you're not doing a shard sort of thing or mega server mm-hmm. sort of thing. And those have their own problems too, by the way. Yep. Which big do, ones, big yeah, ones, big it, absolutely, problems. absolutely. So has major issues, and all of it ties 100%. back to being one giant mega server. Right. So that's not the yeah. solve all issue, right? Where sure. you go the approach of like Final Fantasy fourteen, right? Where it's like here's your data center, here's your yeah. servers, and then you know you can kind of like travel between servers on said data center, yeah. which is pretty cool, right? You're still limited because yeah. you can't go play with anybody anywhere, but there's enough of like a range there to where you can have your server. You can join homies that are on other servers and still play and do things, et cetera. And soon you can join any server you want, even if it's not your cluster. It's coming. Really dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, square Enix is that kind of company where when they're losing, nice. they get worse. Right. And when they're winning, they get better. Um, most companies, it's the opposite. When they're winning, they get worse. Um, and when they're losing, they start to get better. Uh, but Square Enix is one of those bizarre, probably because of Japanese culture, maybe, where they're winning right now, Final Fantasy XIV. They just keep making better decisions because they're honed in on the prize, you know. Um, but anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good, though. They do work to, like, address those main issues, which is why I think that the game's done so well over the years. They look to find it. I mean, they clearly, like, where they look to World of Warcraft, it's like they're, you know, this is a good example of like how to model the game, but when they when it comes down to like solving the problems, I think that some of which World of Warcraft had, they listen to their community and they do they yeah. they work to resolve the issues. Sometimes too much, though. I, w- I would argue that sometimes Final 14 listens like well, much. Yeah. Sometimes your community is wrong. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> sometimes, and that's and I, yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to probably judge that, and I wouldn't want to be in that position. But sometimes your community in an MMO. They want it because it's good for them, but it's not good for the game, right? And so I think that's where not what always, we always yeah. talk about, like just stick to your vision and you'll probably be okay mm-hmm. uh, as long, unless your vision sucks. <laughs> right? Like, you know, unless yeah. – or it's a dream. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, yeah. I always get, I always get hung up on um, – the customer is not always right. No, Sorry. Man. Yeah. Uh, nine times out of ten, the customer is actually wrong. Um, but – that being said, the vision statement is something that's very, very important. Keeps, keeps, uh, yeah, we keep resonating on that one, don't we? Storyboard. Gotta have a vision. Yeah. Yep. So that's a great place to sort of like wind this one down, I think. Uh, I wanted to say to anybody who's watching this still over on YouTube, I hit a thousand subs on my Smorg channel there now, right? It's catching up and probably going to surpass my, my ashes one in the near future. But to everybody there, big shout out to y'all. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it gentlemen let's go ahead and wind this one down we gotta we gotta get ready we got but thanksgiving tomorrow for those of us that celebrate it we've got so happy thanksgiving to everybody who's listening if you catch this before i hope you have a really great one i hope everyone in your lives your family is safe and has a really great uh holiday together we'll be back here next thursday for the next episode episode 62 coming up um you're gonna be able to catch us this Sunday, uh, those of us that are here, along with some of these on chat, like Bounty Code and Sparrow, who will be doing the D&D um, campaign with Renfell uh, here in the near future over on the Weave in the Void channel, which you'll see links in Discord. You've already seen them. You'll be seeing more of them in the near future over the weekend. 
uh, in the next several days. But gentlemen, why don't you shout out your domains where people can find you when you're not on the show? We're going to wrap this one up. He's yawning, so I'll go. Uh, you can find me at the Nathan Napalm uh, on YouTube. Uh, please go over to twitch.tv forward slash weave and void so you can go. join us on Sunday for our D&D adventure. And, and real quick, while well, I got a moment because I didn't want to interrupt you earlier, yes. I just wanted to say uh, that final kind of subject we had there, we're talking about if you don't have a vision, you know, it'll fall apart. Absolutely. I just want to put a I just want to put an image in your mind. Right. Uh, what's it called? What's it called when there's like a fire and there's things come out of the fire? What's that called? Smoke. They're kind of dr- they're kind of drifting. Embers, kind of embers. Kind of a, embers. Kind of a, oh, kind of a drift, you know. Oh, when um, embers are adrift from things that are burning. Yeah, I got it. Embers yes. Adrift, right? So if you if the fire was your vision and you and you and you stoke out the fire that was your vision, you know you're gonna have drifting embers and um, those go up uh, with the wind. They go with the wind and they don't last long. They don't provide heat. Uh, and and they're only a very short, quick burst of momentary satisfaction. Oh. Or in or yeah, or you know, <laughs> entertainment or something. <laughs> or okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I love the analogy. That's that's yeah. it's so true. It's so true. Um <laughs> two two things that are important for me. One is if you want to go over to my personal YouTube channel, it's youtube.com forward slash renfail. I do Lots of different things there right now. I'm heavy into EQ1 and EQ2, also Star Wars Go to Public, Lord of the Rings Online, book reviews. I'm starting to do show reviews. It's kind of like my personal vlog. Mm -hmm. I'm a few away from 500 subs, so I'm like halfway to 1,000. So I would love it if folks go over there and sub. But the big thing is obviously, as Nathan mentioned, uh, twitch.tv forward slash weave and void, because that's where we're going to be streaming. Every Sunday night, we're also streaming in a little bit because Wednesday nights are our stand-up. So if you want to know what my wife and I, what Chris and I and my brother have been up to for the week working on the game, tabletop and books, you could check that out there. And also uh, if you want to support what we're doing with the Weave in the Void, uh, because we don't have big subscribers numbers on YouTube or Twitch affiliate status or anything like that, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash weave and void, pick up a subscription. It's as little as three bucks a month. You can pre-order lots of products there. It's a great way to help out with what we're doing and what we're building over there. So Thank you so much to everybody. Absolutely. And hopefully everybody's gonna tune in on Sunday because it's gonna be fun. Oh, I'm stoked, man. If if I think I think if our last Sunday was any indicator of what's to come, I think the I think that the next I think probably this whole campaign is gonna be a really, really great start of a lot of things. So hope everybody will be there. I know I'll be promoting it. Everybody here will be promoting it. It's gonna be a good time. I hope to see you all there. Then if you're listening and you don't normally hang out for the live streams, but you listen, you know definitely consider dropping by and uh, look, look to socials and everything. We'll be promoting it a lot over the next several days up until Sunday. So much love everybody. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, you know, might be the end of today's show, but uh, you know, as always, we're always looking for more to join the party. Rancid plenty Uh, until next time, friends stay safe. Have a great Thanksgiving walk in the light. Have a great night. We'll see you again real soon.